Welcome to a, a a jacked up, jacked up, but we got it. You got it on the air. We're live. We're live. Yes, we are live. Jesus, all kinds of just network oh, issues, no. all kinds of stuff going on, man. Mark, uh, Brian Fulford, Marcus Green, soon to be joined by Kelvin Rozier. He's also, you know, just dealing with just stuff already on a on a Wednesday. Marcus, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing great. You know, that got a little got a little sniffles, but you know, nothing can overtake what happened this past weekend. Nothing can steal your joy. <laughs> nothing can steal your joy. Nothing. Let's see if Kelvin, how's Kelvin doing? What up, champ? How you feeling, champ? I am a champion. I feel like a champion. And I don't care what they try to do. They can't hold me back. They can hate me now, but it won't <laughs> stop now. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, good to be on with you. ONG Strike Zone right here live on the Black College Sports Network. Brian Fulford, Marcus Green, Kelvin Rozier. Um, you know, joining uh, live today in, a, in an unusual spot. Um, you know, uh, unfortunately, we're not, not broadcasting on our normal YouTube feed. So hopefully all of our friends and listeners do what we always ask him to do, which is to what? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. And, you know, hopefully, you know, folks will actually will actually see the show, hear the show, and uh, you know, we'll go from there. We got a we got a loaded show tonight. Um Stan Becton of the NCAA, NCAA.com, is going to be joining us at the bottom of hour one. Um, Patrick Jean-Pierre is going to join us in the top of hour two. He's going to talk to us about uh, FAMU golf, and he and his teammates getting a chance to meet Tiger Woods uh, very recently. And uh, then um, – then, uh, our what bottom of hour two, uh, mm-hmm. Liv is going to join us. Uh, Olivia Antilla, Olivia Antilla is going to join us. Uh, Liv for Hoops, follow her on X and find her YouTube channel. Um, yes, our YouTube feed is at ONG Strike Zone today. Um, not sure, you know, Demetra, uh, we appreciate you finding us on Facebook. Not sure what the you, you know, obviously, we couldn't run it on our normal. Uh, Jericho Broadcast Network's YouTube feed uh, having some issues with that channel, but um, that's why we kind of created the uh, ONG Strike Zone YouTube channel uh, as a sort of uh, uh, conduit to also kind of help us out there. But of course, we also had it on Facebook and Twitter, uh, so we appreciate you <clears throat> finding us uh, that way. Tamra T jumping in, thank you for finding <laughs> us. 
Mary Mary Allen finding us on Facebook. Hello to you, ladies. So gra- glad you ladies found us and uh, we're the first ones to kind of jump in and join us. <clears throat> well, gentlemen, I tell you, let me just start by saying 2023 will be a year I will never forget as a rattler. Yeah. Um, for so many reasons. Uh, some very sad, but also uh where this year has gone from the lows of you know losing our losing our 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 brother, our our show, our showmate, our teammate, um to his one wish, his biggest wish was what? Yeah. Championships, right? Mm-hmm. And not soon after we lost him, tennis won. Then baseball won. Uh, and we just knew what this t- football team was going to look like. And then we saw cross country come out of some, you know, we weren't really expecting that one. That Dude, one came right. got it. We got a cross country title. And then what? Yeah. Football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They actually, they finished and, the damn, got the damn and, job done. Hold on. And, and don't forget volleyball in a plan for one. Volleyball was playing for a championship. Exactly. So we, we came that close to having the fifth. Um, but 2023 and sweeping, well, we don't play soccer, but almost sweeping the fall sports. Uh, yeah, yeah. We came that close. You're right. We came that close to, to sweeping, uh, or at least really getting out in front of that. Uh, what is it? That trophy that the uh, commissioner's cup, commissioner's cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we were jumped out right in front of that and Wow. Your your thoughts, Kelvin. I'm I'm I I can't even put it all the way into words. I know I just tried. I don't feel like I did a great job. But what's your thoughts? Well, the first thought that comes to mind for me is Kofi. You know the fact the fact that we lost him uh, so suddenly and so unexpectedly. Right. Um, and then everything that he always talked about from doing more and more. Yeah, you know, you know, he was a bandhead also, but he was a love of sports and he wanted us to to have you know win championships this year, and so much of that is playing out, and it, you know, and it, it's almost like it's divine intervention. You know, he's he's kind of guiding us along. He's with us in spirit from up above, man, and kind of making things happen. So. Um, I'm ecstatic because I, I I love my my university and I want to you know and I want to see it do well all the time and the fact that you know we're at a point where we are actually winning championships uh, and got such a great fan base we're making investments in facilities you know our academics are are still as high as ever. So, man, you know, it's just a lot to brag about, to be proud of. And and so I'm, I'm full. I'm full of joy and, 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 and optimism and excitement. And, and, and I just, I, you know, we're hosting the high school football championships at our stadium. I went by there today. I got some pictures I'll be posting shortly. Um, so, man, you know, we, we, we've got a, 
we smell I'm smelling myself a little bit, right? <laughs> yep, yep. I'm 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 a, I'm a little big headed right now. And I, and, I, and I need my rattlers to, to finish the job, you know, so that uh I, I you know I we can end a year all right. But man, this is great, man. I, I'm 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 just happy. Marcus, your your words and thoughts. Marcus. Marcus, can you can you hear me, Kelvin? Oh, I hear you. Yeah, it was, oh, okay. it was lagging know, a little bit. Oh, okay, okay. okay. It was lagging a little. I don't know if something's going. Yeah, uh, I don't know if um, <laughs> I told you all text message, I got some theme music, so I don't know. I don't know if it'll even play. I got the YouTube video up. I don't know if it'll play through my speakers or just go through my headphones. I'll play it. Play it. Let's see what happens. Go ahead and try it. Try it. What'll happen? Let's see what'll happen. Let us know when it starts because I may not be playing. If it starts now, we definitely can't hear it. Okay. Now you can't hear it. Okay. Yeah. No, no. Well, I can send you the link. Or wait a minute. I may be able to um, share my screen. Is it a, is it a how uh all you just need is the first part. How long is it? Well it's a song, but we can just play the first part of it. Yeah, we'll we'll try to we'll, we'll play it and see see what's happening, see if we can get by yeah. without Let, getting let's see. Yeah, yeah, let's see if we can do it next segment. Yeah, yeah. I'll try to send me the link. I'll try to download it. And is it a, yeah, I don't know. You know, these things with the internet and their policies these days, I don't, you know, it's it's so, everything is so damn restrictive, especially YouTube and Facebook. I don't know. You might need to sing it, Marcus. I don't know. Sing it. Hell, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you say, no, you don't want us to, you, you don't want us to hear that, huh? Man, go ahead. Go go ahead drop that uh, barrel right, uh, uh, baritone, yeah. man. I know you got it in here. Those beautiful pipes that you got, come on, Marcus, man, let them let them go, let them go. Mm-hmm. Don't, uh, don't be don't be shy, brother. Don't be shy, don't be shy, <laughs> man. Look, uh, definitely. Hey, shout out to the more people coming in, Marcus. Appreciate you finding us on uh, on Facebook, Marcus. Good to see. Um, we saw got a chance to tailgate and really see, you know, Rotter Nation. You guys are beautiful, man. Um, you know, showing up and that weather, that weather was just flipping miserable, but uh, you didn't let it steal your joy and your shine. And, and uh, man, e- even even when you're going through stuff outside of that, that little moment in time will always be with us. Those of us who who got a chance to go and uh, witness that. Uh, appreciate you, James Austin, coming in. Our sentiments exactly. One more to go. One more to go. Shout out to Melissa Wilson. <laughs> good to see you, Melissa. Thank you for coming in. Uh, Sam, good to see Sam. Good evening, Sam. Uh, you know, you know what's so funny that uh, I, I I had never prior to this weekend, Kelvin, I had never tasted the pineapple whiskey. But I've now, <laughs> since, since Saturday, I have seen like a dozen ads for that thing. And it follows me. It's like somehow the analytics followed me and said, oh, you have, <laughs> you have consumed us. You liked us. And here's some ads to tell you where to purchase us. And I'm like, God dang it. The AI is everywhere. 
So, uh, yes, now, I'd never seen an ad for it until Monday. And I'm like, ooh, I remember what that tastes like. I will be, we're going to have to have a special bottle on reserve for a celebration bowl. Uh, Man, year. I'm bringing, hey, no, I'm, I'm bringing three bottles, brother. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to get anything done. I don't know how we're going to get anything done this upcoming uh, Celebration Bowl. It's going to be ridiculous. Kenya, good to see you. Uh, Kenya ran into Kelvin. I'm mad I didn't run into you, Kel- uh, Kenya. I, I was I saw your pictures. Uh, where did you run it, Kelvin? Where did you run into Kenya? It, it was uh, right before the fifth quarter at the end of the game. I was headed down, and I saw her with a, a, a crew. And I, I just walked up on her, man. And she she looked at me like, who this joker walking up on me, man? <laughs> I thought she was gonna swing on me. I was I was scared, I was scared for a little bit, but then you know, she kinda she kinda gave me the, the you know little side side eye and stuff and a little little I think not, I know little, you. I think I know a little, you. A little side you know. hug. And then and then it registered and I spoke. And then she, you know, she like, oh, let me come back. Let me come back. And then she gave me the real love. <laughs> Beautiful. See? I saw, why I, I saw Kim. I saw Kim, too. Uh, out there, you know, while I was getting that pineapple whiskey, as a matter of fact. <laughs> nice. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Dr. Lori, good to see you. Thank you for coming in. Uh, we, uh, we missed you. I know you were there, but uh, we're gonna make a point, Kelvin. I, I did I, not miss Dr. Lori. I oh, saw her. Okay, you saw her. Yes, I saw her going by the north end zone. I don't know. It was it was after one of those rain delays, and yeah, she was she trying thought. to tell. And she was trying to tell me something, man. But that raggedy Prairie View band was, and you know, I was having trouble understanding what she was trying to tell me. But and of course, you know, I I couldn't jump the fence. So no, you didn't want to do that. But what's up, Dr. Lori? It was good to see you. I told told Doc we'll definitely got to catch up at the uh, in Atlanta. So yes, sir. uh, We'll we'll make sure we're there. Uh, Montre Bennett, good to see you, brother. Thanks for checking in. Montre said he Uh, couldn't find us. We're in the parking garage. Yeah, in the parking garage. Spot one. I yeah, I know that that's the spot in the corner. In the corner. Uh, Just dealing with John. We're just dealing with some YouTube issues on our JBN. YouTube feed, but our ONG Strike Zone YouTube channel. So get that one locked in as well. So, you know, that and that page, you can always see all of our shows. I'm trying to go back and like clip segments when we do interviews and try to put all that stuff on the uh, on that page as well. So you guys can easily find segment features or anything you want to check out. You can easily find us, but you should be following us on Facebook, Twitter, you know, I know I didn't put a post on Instagram, but if you're following us on Facebook and Twitter, you always find out and, and you'll catch the the announcements and things like that. Uh, Drew, good to see you, Drew. Getting ready for the A, another Rattler getting ready. Good to have you in here. Thanks for coming in. Bull, I know What's you'll up, be Bull? up in Atlanta. Good to see you. Kim Kim Evans, good to see you, Kim. Thanks for checking in. Um, uh, hold on, hold on. By the yeah. way, Kim, I, I, I'll be texting you. Shortly, we want you to come on. That's the president of the uh March 100 Alumni Band Association. So, yes, yes, I, I, hey, all full disclosure, I did contact you, Kim. I, she must not have answered, must not have, must have been like, who is this Brian person texting me? But I, I did, I did text before I called. So, I'm just saying, I, I, but uh, uh, so if you see that strange 407 number in there, that was me, that was me just saying. Uh, let's see. Anybody else that I didn't come across here? 
Uh, let's see. Meredith, did I say hi, Meredith? Hey, Meredith. Good to see you. Um, wow. So real quick, because I know, like I said, coming up at the bottom of the hour, Stan Beckton is going to join us. And then we're going to have, um, uh, we'll have, um, who'd I say? Uh, Patrick, uh, Jean-Pierre. Yeah. He, he'll be joining us at the top of hour two. And then uh, Liv will be joining us as well. So uh, there it is, the million-dollar smile, the trophy, um, the um, the swag title, the belt. Everything was in full effect um, at that uh, post-game. Uh, it was actually cool to try to, to be able to get on the field and capture. I didn't capture these photos. This is, by the way, this is FAMU. But um, great photos there. Um, you know, Musa, the, uh, the shower for coach Simmons, uh, all of that, all that real good stuff, man. Of course, our offensive MVP, Terrell Jennings, who had his second consecutive 100 yard rushing performance and actually his second consecutive 100, no, his second consecutive MVP, um, you know, MVP yeah. of the Florida classic MVP, of the SWAC championship game. What are the chances that he could get the trifecta, gentlemen? Um, Very good. I'm call, hey, I'm calling it now. Nobody can take my bold prediction. Bold, I'm putting it out there. Bold prediction. Terrell Jennings, uh, Celebration Bowl MVP for the trifecta. I'm, I'm calling it right now, 10 days away. So you can't have my bold prediction. I'm calling it now. Um, James Morgan, okay. <laughs> David Morgan, defensive MVP. Two interceptions, uh, of course, none bigger than the opening drive. I mean, that just – that was so huge in so many ways. The fact that he uh, came up with that interception and, um, I mean, it, it really set the tone. And, you know, after that, FAMU would score two more touchdowns on the next two drives, jump out to a 14-0 lead, get the lead as high as 21 nothing before preview even scored and um we were gone we were off to the races man by the time we actually came in from the tailgate we were up 14-0 and i i was like yeah. damn this is this <laughs> what the hell just happened i mean i had to i had to go back and look at uh, a rewind of some of some plays just to get a feel for what happened man i mean amazing start for for us um real quick before we go to the break did did the did, the, did anything happen in the first half that was a surprise to you. Let me ask that, guys. Go real quick on that, and, and then we're going to go to break and go to stand. Marcus, anything in that first half surprised you? Anything there? You're on mute, by the way. Yeah, to be honest, I thought – I mean, I knew about our defense, and I knew we were going to come out focused, but I was kind of surprised. I expected a tighter and nip and tuck game, at least in the first half. And especially, I didn't know who was injured the first time. I guess it was Brian Jenkins Jr. And maybe, I don't think even the first game we played him homecoming, they said um, Caleb Johnson, the transfer running back from Valley, may have been a little banged up at our homecoming game. So I really expected, I did not expect a 21 nothing lead early. I expected it to be kind of back and forth till we got settled. I expected nerves to kind of creep in. And then, you know, it just didn't go that way. How about you, Kelvin? Anything surprised you in that first half, the way we jumped out on them? Yeah, I was surprised it wasn't 
it wasn't really raining for a little period of time. <laughs> that was hey, shocking. <laughs> hey, look, what did, what did we say? What did Coach Simmons say? It don't rain. Now, it did rain, but the fact that it cleared up just enough for that game to start without any issues, and we jumped on them like we knew, like we had the weather report in our back pocket, like, hey, y'all, let's, let's go ahead and jump on these guys, get two, three touchdowns up, and then when it rains and then where there's an hour delay, they just gonna have to deal with it and they'll never be the same. Um yeah, I I you know, we 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 talked about how it what's the song? Uh, I know there's a song about it never raining in Southern California, but it never rains in Bragg Memorial Stadium. Somebody's gonna do a remix. I'm uh, you know, I'm just putting it out there. Any any ingenious YouTuber or net what TikTok, TikToker. You know, whatever you call yourselves, you know, somebody's going to put a song together. It never rains in Bragg Memorial Stadium. But uh, beautiful job. Hey, the play of the day. I'm going to tell you now the play of the day I thought was, uh, well, Javen interception was 1A. But how about General Hunt's sack of Traz Connolly in which he got hurt after it and then the preceding uh, chest bump or whatever he did with, uh, with with Coach Simmons that nearly wiped Coach Simmons out, that was 1B because that sack on Conley, I think, was like the, the kick kick to the groin that <laughs> was just like, well, I just can't find a better way of saying it because, man, they look broke down because that led to the second interception because the backup came in mm-hmm. on the next drive and what two plays into it throws an interception. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised Conley came back the way he was when he went to the locker room. He was not looking in good shape. And he said it was a shoulder and it looked like he's throwing shoulder. So I was like, oh man. Yeah, the way I like I, I jokingly said, I don't know what they shot him up with, but boy, it, he came out on that one drive and he was slinging it across the yard. And I, I thought it was the backup. And uh, I was with Brad and Brad was like, no, 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 that's Conley. I look like, huh? I'm like, well, I don't know what they shot him up with because that wasn't the dude who rolled off to the locker room. Like, he was in agony uh, the way General Hunt landed on him. So uh, that was uh, that was awesome. But, hey, let's do this. Let's take uh, – we've talked more about this game. Um, obviously, we'll get into talking about the, the celebration bowl. But, you know, the world of college football still is spinning. So while we're in that mode – of getting ready for our final game of the season. The the business of college football is happening all around us at the same time. Um, so we're going to talk to uh, Stan Becton of the NCAA.com about that and more right coming up after this break. You guys hanging there with us. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone right here on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be back in just a moment. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvée. 
This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app as we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watson and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. All right, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Marcus, Kelvin, it's please pleasure to be joined again by Stan Beckton, NCAA.com. Stan, welcome back to the ONG. How you doing tonight? Wait a minute, let's say one more time, Stan. Let's see if we got you. Nope, I don't have you. Let me see. You hear me now? We hear you now. There we go. I'll take out the AirPods. <laughs> it's, it's all good. It's all good, brother. How you doing tonight? Doing good. Doing good. Well, uh, the Rattlers, we are we are on cloud nine over here in uh, in in orange in the world of orange and green. Um, FAMU ranked as high as number five in the AFCA coaches poll. Um, Eleven and one heading into the Celebration Bowl. Um, taking on Howard. What's your what's your evaluation as you have watched this team, um, and 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 where they sit on the edge of this uh, bowl game against uh, against Howard? Jeremy Musa the most. Wait a second, your vo- your volume keeps going high and low. We lost you. We had you. Let's see. Nope. I'll give him a second. We get the little audio situation figured out here with Stan. Let's see. Nope. Give us a mic check. One, two. Nope. Still don't have you. Still don't have you. I think I hear you. Nope. Why don't we, why don't, are you able to, lo- let's do this. Can you log out and then try to jump back in? Maybe, I don't know, sometimes with the <coughs> iPads. Hold on. We got, I, I hear you. I hear you. Hear me? We do hear you. Yes. It lags. It's like it lags. Out. It's yeah, like it's it do the do the uh do, let's do the uh, log back in log back in uh Stan see if you can log out and log back in. All right, we'll give Stan a second to log back in and out. Uh, uh yeah, check that video, Marcus. Yeah, I can't play that unfortunately. It'll you know get us and get, yeah, get us back get us back yeah. in YouTube jail again. Damn it! Oh, okay, bastards. YouTube bastards. Um, <laughs> sorry. Here we go. All right, Stan, how we doing? Good. You can hear All me? right. Yeah. yeah you sound great. Great audio now. Perfect. 
got the wire headphones. Technology. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> All right. So uh, my question back to you, Stan. Um, tell us your thoughts. FAMU wins the SWAC. Uh, the consensus number one team heading into the Celebration Bowl, number one in in uh, HBCU football. But uh, uh, so, I mean, let's start there. And then maybe, you know, what's your evaluation of FAMU versus other FCS teams as you see them? Yeah, I love the development of Jeremy Musa first and foremost. His growth from last year to this year has been uh, phenomenal. And I also love how you guys run the ball this year a lot better than last year. I think that's one of the biggest differences. I mean, yeah. yes, Jeremy Moose is taking that next step, but you guys can actually run the ball in a way you guys haven't since really Bishop Bonnet was back there. So mm-hmm. that's what I like. And then, of course, you know, dark cloud defense, speed everywhere, uh, athleticism everywhere. So uh, when looking at how they kind of shape up to some of the other teams, I think they could now, do, do I think they're an FCS championship level team? I mean, South Dakota State's on a different level than everybody else this year. So, I mean, that's kind of hard to think anybody's better than them. But I think you guys, the teams that play, are playing this weekend in the quarterfinals, I think you guys could definitely uh, compete with them, depending on who you guys matched up with in earlier rounds and whatnot like that. I mean, you guys are ranked number five in the coaches' polls. I think that's about, about right in that top 10, top five. What I'm just curious, before I toss it over to the guys, what what is it that – you see that separates the South Dakota state and maybe another team or two from where fam you like it. Is there a, a, a big, you know, we talk about within HBCU football, there's tiers like this year. I thought fam you and central were kind of in a tier and then really everybody else. What when at, at the FBS level, what is it that separates fam you this particular team <laughs> From a from a South Dakota State or maybe whoever you might say is two and three. Yeah, definitely the trenches, the trenches for sure. Um, I got the chance to go visit uh, South Dakota State for one of the games, saw them, Montana State, North Dakota State. Like their offensive linemen are FBS like size offensive linemen. So their trenches and like their backups as well. So it's like every day in practice, they're going against someone else who is like that size. So. That's really what I see as a difference. Uh, skill positions, I think HBCUs have some of the best skill position players, I think, out of all conferences in the country. So I think it's really the trenches and the depth they have at trenches. FAMU has one of the best offensive lines I think I've seen this year. So their offensive line is good. But if you go deeper into that kind of – if somebody gets hurt, who's coming in, that's where that difference comes in. Mm, okay, good point. Uh, go ahead, Kelvin. Give me your thoughts on the uh, playoffs, the FCS playoffs thus far. You know, any surprises, um, teams that look particularly good, players to watch, um, just, you know, your your thoughts. Yeah, it hasn't really been any surprises, per se. I was surprised North Carolina Central couldn't beat Richmond. I mean, yeah, I was surprised they couldn't beat Richmond. But uh, otherwise, not really too many surprises. I think Albany, Albany looks really good, that defense flying around you want to talk about when you look at a great defense you got to have players at all three levels they have it two great air rushers linebacker shut down corner they have that so i think that's the game i want to watch the most this weekend if there's any game i'm gonna watch it's you albany idaho because the quarterback play from those two and in the defenses i think are going to be good but uh not really any surprises i think just 
you're going to have a that's going to be the game of the week, I think. And then I guess the biggest question is North Dakota State, are they going to show up this weekend or is that dynasty? You know, some people saying it's over. I don't know. <laughs> what about what about some players to watch? Yeah, players to watch uh, Reese Poffenbarger and Giovanni McCoy, that Albany, Idaho. I'm going to keep circling back to that one. You want to see the two best quarterbacks in the FCS next year? Watch that game. That's the two best next year. Um, and then, of course, I think North Dakota, South Dakota should be a good rematch as well. I went to go see that game when they played, and South Dakota upset North Dakota back when they ranked, like, number two. And that should be a good game. They have a great corner in Miles Hard. And I actually – uh, grew up training with their DB coach now. So got a chance to see some of their DBs and stuff and talk to him about his DBs. And that guy, Miles Harden, that's the next level. That's an NFL like camp invite corner they have out there. So that's a, another player to watch. All right. Appreciate that. Go ahead, Marcus. Uh, good evening, Stan. Actually, I have a question, kind of one following up on what you talked about and answering Brian's question in terms of the offensive linemen. How is it that, and I won't say nondescript, but how is it that schools that aren't necessarily in a football hotbed when you typically think Southeast or something along those lines, like a South Dakota, North Dakota, how are they able to draw that caliber of linemen to their program? And then second, kind of what you and I talked about a teeny bit earlier in terms of the transfer portal is kind of sort of related that some of the players that you're seeing now and then there's a, a lot coming into the portal and what impact or ramifications do you think that's going to have across the fcs landscape and specifically for hbcus yeah so i'll answer the lineman question first so it's kind of like first you got to look at alabama like university of alabama the crimson tide so they get top players because they are the only school in alabama right there's no nfl team in alabama there's so that's Alabama's a thing. So like when you go out to the Midwest, the upper Northwest, all that, whatever you want to call it out there, you know, places that you wouldn't really if you had to say I'm going to go on vacation, places you wouldn't say you're going on vacation to <laughs> those those states. They're the only teams in those states. So that helps them. And then also there's no FBS teams in those states. So like FAMU, you got Florida State right across the road and South Dakota State, North Dakota State. Those are basically the FBS schools in those states. So that's how they can kind of retain that talent. And, you know, there's no FBS schools really in that whole, like anywhere that borders Canada once you leave, like what what's that state? Minnesota. So that's kind of how they do that. And into the transfer portal, I mean, I think it's really just that COVID year. I think the NCAA, because I was in school back when they did that COVID year, and I had a chance to do that COVID year. I didn't do it. I got this job. I was like, I'm not doing no COVID year. I'm going to get this money. But uh, that gives all these players extra years of eligibility. And then, you know, summer classes, you can graduate in three years. So, and once you graduate, you can transfer as many times as you want. So I think people are just getting in that portal because one, they might not have any classes to take if they're graduating. And then two, they're trying to just, you know, test the waters out. So I think that's the thing. And then we're HBCUs, you know, it's, it's almost like a farming ground, it looks like sometimes. I mean, you're getting some of the best players. I know you guys had to deal with this last year, Isaiah Land, or not last year, a couple of years ago, I guess Isaiah Land getting in that portal and jumping back and, and whatnot and all of that. But it's like you get these kids. I mean, there's always stuff under – there's been stuff under the table throughout college football. Transfer portal is still stuff under the table. A lot of people and even, like, players who, like, ask me, I'm like, 
if you can get a place that says they want you before you actually enter the portal, make sure you get that first before you actually leave your school and leave a scholarship. But that's a lot of what goes on, too, because um, coaches will recruit you in high school and say you don't go there in high school. That connection is still there. So you can be a coach who went like, say, you're a FAMU's DB coach and then or D coordinator. And then he goes and leaves and takes a job at, say, LSU to be their DB coach. He's still going to have those connections with all those FCS players he recruited back then. And he can if he sees one of them doing well, he can always reach out to them. And there's that connection that's already established prior. So that's part of what's going on behind the scenes and how people are kind of navigating that transfer portal. Hmm. Okay. thank you. Um, Let me let me uh, while we're talking about the portal and, and all the the happenings, what day was it this week? Was it Monday? When there were some 500, 500 names that went into the portal or Tuesday, I don't know what it's been. <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know what it's been over the last seventy-two hours. But what what day was it when you had that big number of the first? Was it the first day? I think it was Monday. Yeah, I think because after I think after conference championships, everyone can enter the portal. So I think that was Monday. And and so i heard well okay so there's two there's a couple of thoughts here and i don't know where we want to go with this so i my question might be i don't know if i have one but it's more of an observation really about the state of college athletics and how it is maybe different for hbcu kids and just the programs because for example i heard coach simmons talking about the power uh, or maybe you know somebody who's coming to famu or looking at famu Right now, if, if you're looking for FAMU for an NIL opportunity, that's not going to be it for you because it's not in place right now. But we know that's different in other places. Um, talk a little bit about what you see from this landscape of this year. Is this any different? Are the numbers any different than the previous year or two? Or, or what's just your thoughts in general as you saw that big number on day one? So I say the numbers are different because of that COVID year. So yeah, I think class of 2020, this is their third year for some of them. And class of, so they're graduating in three years and now they can enter that portal, but they only, they still have two years of eligibility. So when you have those two years of eligibility, you're more attractive to those other schools. So that's why they're jumping, a lot more people are jumping in that portal as soon as they have that eligibility. So that's kind of how that's going. And so many of them have that eligibility. Right. Because every single freshman who came in in the class of 2020 that plays football has that year of eligibility so they can come back. And this is the last year for that um, class of 2021 doesn't have that COVID year. So it should slow down. Now, if the numbers next year continue to rise or not next year, but like, say, two years from now, once that class of 2020 gets out of there, if they continue to rise. Then I think you can say it's more of like a problem. But I think right now it's really just. The athletes are trying to take advantage of that eligibility and trying to just continue to do that. And then I think from an HBCU aspect, and you mentioned that NIL, yeah, those Power Five schools, they have the collectives, right? It's supposed to be name, image, and likeness, right? If I want an NIL deal, you should see me promoting a product for that. So if if I'm supposed to be getting $100,000, how am I getting $100,000? but I don't have no ads on my social media page with 30,000 followers. Thank so you. it's a little bit of things through that where 
it kind of gets kind of like, okay, how you're promoting the collective. Okay. How's that work? How's that work? Uh, I don't know. I, that was, that, they enacted that rule one year after I graduated. I was kind of upset about that. <laughs> Didn't get to get any of that free money they were giving out. But um, yeah, I mean, a FAMU, HBCUs, you can get those NIL deals from actually promoting the products. I know uh, Glaze has the donuts deal, Krispy Kreme. I think that's one of the best NIL deals I've seen. I think yeah. genius on his part. That's an NIL deal right there. Some of these other things, I would. they need to have their own category for that. That's not NIL. But like how Glaze has that. Krispy Kreme, that's a real NIL deal. So that's how these HBCUs can do that. They can get these local businesses to kind of do that and kind of keep up and, and kind of offset those costs where the cost of attendance and the stipend won't cover. They can kind of have those local businesses kind of get those partnerships and then the players actually do that and it pays off. I think that's how you can kind of, you know, not balance it, but cut into the deficit a little bit. I, I got you. I hear you. I hear you. Go ahead, Kelvin. So, are you going to make it to the Celebration Bowl? I mean, it is in your backyard there. And then um, tell, tell me about um, some players to watch uh, from both teams and, and give me your breakdown on Howard. Yeah, I, I'll be there. It's right across the street. Well, not cr- across. I can walk there. So, I'll be there. I probably am going to walk there. So, I'll be there for sure. <laughs> um, as long as it's not raining, I'll walk there. If it's raining... You know, I, I'll call it Uber, but if, if not, I'm going to walk there. You'll see that one person walk from the stadium late, and it'll be me. But, um, yeah, the matchup I want to see, I hope I get to see. I don't know where they're going to put Anthony Dunn, but I need Anthony Dunn to go against Aneem Dankwood from Howard. Yeah. That left tackle and that left side, that's the that's the side. Aneem Dankwood, Darius Fox, I actually trained with Darius Fox my last year of college. He's a dog. So that left side – You'll notice Jared Hunter, if he's going to score that running back, if he's going to score a touchdown, probably going to be on that left side behind those two. So I want to see Anthony Dunn on that side and maybe Jensen Hunt over there. I would, If I'm Coach Simmons, I'm probably going to shift those two over there just to kind of put strength on strength and hope, say, my guys, we're going to we're going to have any schemes, stunts. That's going to be on the right side. The left side, that's y'all. Y'all all conference. Y'all want to be all Americans. Here's your chance. One on one. Show it. And then I think defensively, Howard's safety, Kenny Gallup, and I think he's going to be able to kind of mix it up for Jeremy Moose. It's going to be hard for him, I think, to be able to get those pre-snap reads as much as some of these other schools he's faced, only because Kenny Gallup can line up deep. He'll drop down. He can line up in the box, and he'll blitz. Like he can, he, he can, he's so versatile that he can move all over the place. But I think the advantage family definitely has on Howard is offensive line against their defensive line. So that's why with you guys running the ball the way you guys have this year, I think that's why you guys probably will be favored into this game and probably should be favored because I think you guys can win that matchup for sure. Okay. Good, good analysis. Appreciate that. I'll have to keep an eye on that as I, as I continue to watch and break down some Howard film uh, from their season so far. Marcus, what do you got? You're on mute. You're on mute. In a similar vein, do you see or have you – has FAMU faced anybody similar on offense or defense this year in our schedule? So do we have anything that would prep us for what Howard's going to show us or is this going to be uh, going by feel maybe the first part of the game? Yeah, I'm trying to think 
back to the kind of staple of running backs that Howard has, I'm not sure if you guys face any team where they can just rotate backs at the level where they're four deep at running back, like four running backs you have to prepare for. So that's where that kind of challenge comes in. So you can practice for a running back, but you only got so many scout team players to replicate that. And I mean, that's going to be where the challenge comes in. You can be practicing for one running back. They'll have a different one. Right. But then defensively, I think I think there's plenty of comparable defense. You guys play Southern. Right. That's the Southern's probably the best defense you guys have faced this year. I think Southern defense is better than Howard's defense, especially in the secondary. Uh, Southern had what Chris Davis, who just entered the transfer portal. We were just talking about that. He got some power five offers. There's no corner on Howard who's as good as him this past year. No corner as good as Alabama State's team. Uh, so the defensively, I think you guys have played – your offense should be able to have success because you guys had success against better defenses on the HBC level this year, even had success against FBS teams and whatnot this year too. But I think offensive, defensively, it will be a challenge just kind of game planning for all four of those running backs and the way they all can kind of maneuver out of the backfield. They might have two backs in, one's leaking out on the wheel route, the other one's taking an RPO. So it's just – that's going to be the challenge, I think. Hmm. Okay, thank you, uh, Stan. Let me uh, let me kind of wrap up the segment and with you and, and sort of ask you what kind of what are some names that have popped into the portal uh, from out of the HBCU level that uh, that are like, whoa! Now here's a guy that if he ends up, let's say somewhere, if he ends up like FAMU or if he ends up over at some other school, he can make a difference. Uh, who are some of the names that caught your eye? And uh, you'd be kind of following to kind of see what the recruiting chase, I'm going to call it a chase, is to get to get him. Yeah, Jason Chambers, North Carolina Central, entered the portal today, actually. He was the best corner in HBCU football this year, and he might have been one of the best corners in all of FCS football this year. So it's a shame to see a talent uh, like that leave this year. And then, um, of course, I also saw they had Tor- Torricelli Simpkins, who was one of their the best offensive linemen, I think. He, he probably gets some third-team All-Americans at the very least this year as well in the FCS. So those two actually entered the portal today. So those are two names that I think could be a difference makers um, for, like, Power 5 schools if they end up getting those offers. But it's really it's, – it's, it's all over the place. I can't keep track of everybody. I only know those two because they came today, and those are the fresh ones on my mind. <laughs> it's so many that have entered the portal. Um, Keyshawn Johnson from Alabama. Keyshawn, I, yep, I, I saw he that. Tore us, he tore us up. He was the best receiver in HBCU football. So you got the best corner, best offensive lineman, best receiver in HBCU football all entering the portal this year. So that's – that's where it kind of hurts, and that's where like the transfer portal kind of hurts HBCUs because when you're looking to get those HBCU draft picks, then it's like your best players are going to the Power Five for one year. For example, Corey Bullock at Maryland, he was at North Carolina Central last year. You saw him dominate Jackson State up front in the Celebration Bowl, and now he is at a Power Five school. But if he gets drafted, that won't necessarily count as an HBCU draft pick because he didn't play his last year at HBCU. So I think that's where – transfer portal kind of hurts because you need those draft picks to kind of that goes all the way back down to recruiting getting those top athletes to come in got to have those draft picks because then they can see those players but then 
when you see those players not getting drafted because they transfer somewhere else, that's where that kind of challenge um, comes in. Um, the quarterbacks always interesting. Andrew Body from Texas Southern in the portal. I think did I see Quincy Casey of Alabama A yeah. and in the portal? Um, did those guys strike you as? Um, I hate to. I don't make it. I don't want to make it sound like it's a step down or anything. But are they HBCU level guys? Do you think they could jump up to an FBS, or they probably are they going to likely? Do you think they they're likely to stay in the FCS if not HBCU level? Yeah, I mean, don't want to. No disrespect to any of the players or anything like that, but just going off the game tape for Quincy Casey. I mean, what Alabama A and M was his second school, started at Jackson State. Um, yeah. I I don't think he is like a FBS level talent just based off the film and the struggles he had at Alabama A&M. Andrew Body maybe depending on where he goes, right? He's not a power 5 quarterback from what I've seen on film. Right now he's shown flashes, but those flashes aren't consistent enough I think he would probably get those power 5 offers, but he could go to a, like a group of 5 school and if he gets a starting job he could win some games for those schools, but I think for Andrew Body, I mean Texas Southern, I think the coach is gone. I, th- I don't think he'll go back there. But I think if he did go to another HBCU, he could come in right away and win some games. We saw him win games with Texas Southern. So imagine he had a, went to a school with a better roster, I think, and better talent around him. He's not having to scramble as much. He can kind of show his decision-making a little bit more and go through his progressions a little bit. He has a, he has a talent. I think Andrew Body's probably the most talented one. Mm-hmm. Now, quick question. I want to prolong it, but if you could mix and match, and I don't want to get you in trouble with players who are still on the roster, but if there's like one player from one roster, it's like, man, if that guy was on that team, you know, projecting, is there anybody that you would see a good fit on another team? Marcus, Marcus, you're saying get jump in the portal, kid. Jump in the portal. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't looked at it from that angle yet to see, like, oh, if this guy goes here, um, he would be a good fit. I mean, I feel like it all depends on system, honestly. It depends on system for a lot of these guys. Uh, playing in secondary myself in college, I think for, like, if I'm just looking at the DBs who enter the portal, say, if I'm looking at a DB, are you a man DB or a zone DB? So it's like for fam, you, you get somebody who doesn't fit the system and he's a all American, all conference player. He comes out here. He might not be that good because he doesn't fit the system. And you're wondering like, Oh, we just signed this guy. He's supposed to be a, a three-star, four-star out the transfer portal. He's not even that good. Well, it might not, he might not be the fit. So I think it all depends on the system, honestly. Okay. All right. Uh, Stan, appreciate your time. Uh, let people know where they can find your work, where they can follow you on uh, on the on uh, X or wherever uh, wherever <laughs> you're at most. Yeah, you can just uh, look up Stan Beckton on all the social media platforms, and one of the accounts should pop up. And then uh, you can check out my work on NCAA.com and also on uh, BET. You got working with BET for their HBWCU. That's what they call it, HBWCU, and they have write some articles for them about two a month, and maybe some more things coming soon. Stay tuned. Uh, that's all that's, right. That's awesome. Good stuff. All and right, look for the Rattler invasion. Exactly, the Rattler invasion is coming to Atlanta. <laughs> it's been it's been a long time, Stan. You know we we don't know how to act. It's about to be crazy in Atlanta all next week. So get ready. Here we come. 
I'll be here. <laughs> all right. Hey, uh, again, thanks for your time tonight. We'll see you up in Atlanta, all right? Yep, see y'all there. All right. Stand back then, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, let's take a short pause and come back. Patrick Jean-Pierre is going to come on and talk with us. We're going to find out what kind of what kind of tips he, uh, he 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 pulled away from the goat uh, tiger tiger that is the tiger goat. Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk to <laughs> we're going to talk to Patrick about that and more coming up on the other side. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone right here on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be back in just a moment. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton, Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. All right, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Marcus, Kelvin joining. Uh, before we pull up Patrick Jean-Pierre, I got to give a shout-out first to our bold prediction winner. Uh, you know, we told you guys to uh, put in, send us an email, ongstrikezone at gmail.com. Let us know what your bold prediction was or should be for the championship game. Lots of great – I uh, lots of great um, – entries none of us were as good as shirley baker though shirley baker sends in the text or the email that says my bold prediction is famu wins by three touchdowns cha-ching winner winner chicken dinner it does not get any more perfect than what shirley baker emailed in so she will get uh, one of our uh our kofi uh what up boy t-shirts um 
I sent her an email back, told her I need to I need to know whether she's in Tallahassee or whether we need to mail it. But uh, ooh, that was pretty point. Uh, what? I don't even remember my bold prediction. No, I do remember. I said we'd have a 100 yard rusher, Terrell Jennings, Cha-ching. Um, I even said 200 yards rushing. We were short by about 20 or 25 yards. Uh, what was your bold prediction, Marcus? Swag championship game bold prediction. I think mine was a was a safety. We didn't get a safety. Okay. Kelvin, you know, what think, was your I don't know if we were oh, close, but I think there was one or two times we had him backed up. We did. Yes. Yes. Might have come close. What about you, Kel? Mm-hmm. Mine, mine was a shutout. Okay. Well, you had one for a half, or pretty much, pretty close to a half. Uh, let's bring in Patrick Jean-Pierre. Patrick, uh, did you did you have any bold predictions from the uh, SWAC championship game? I was surprised the game got played. I thought the weather was going to be horrible. I thought they weren't going to be able to play it. <laughs> well, hey, there, there you go. That, that was a bold prediction. A a, a rain a rain delay played on Saturday. Uh, joining us right now, Patrick Jean Pierre, uh, one of our uh, lead golfers on our FAMU men's golf team. Patrick, how you doing tonight, man? Thanks for joining doing, us. Doing good. Thank you guys for having me on. Thank you. Hey, uh, let's let's start a little bit before we get into you know the main feature of of what you've experienced recently. Let's talk about the team. Uh, you guys have uh, have have won or or come in second in some good some good tournaments of uh, of recent uh, late October and into November. Um, just talk about this season uh, so far. Oh, so we have a the the people that have traveled this year. They're new. They're new people, whether they're transfers or freshmen. So, honestly, whenever you have freshmen come to the team, you know, it normally takes them some time to get adapted to playing from high school to college. But the newcomers that we have had coming on the team, they've actually adapted really quick. So they have been a main contribution to our success this semester. And so we're hoping to bring this into SWAC. But, um, yes, we won a tournament. We got second in a couple of tournaments as well. So I, I honestly like where we're at. I feel like if we keep playing the way we're playing right now, we'll be a hard team to beat in April. Right, and I think one of those tournaments, uh, I, I was trying to recall if I remember, was Alabama State the defending uh, SWAT tournament no, champion? Pine Bluff. Pine Bluff. Pine Bluff. Okay, we we okay. Pine so, have you have you have you have you had a tournament or have you had a match uh, tournament <laughs> involving them? What what are they looking like? How far away are we from 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 them if they are sort of returning similar guys from last year? So we've played them, I think, by now three or four times this semester, and we beat them twice. They beat us twice. Okay. Um, <clears throat> we actually just played against them in Atlanta about three weeks ago, and we lost to them by one. So, um, But then before that, like two or three weeks before that, we had beat them in North Carolina. So, I mean, right now it's looking like, you know, between us and Alabama State, not to be rude to other schools, but I think it's just going to be the, the us three at the end of the year. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, th- I thought we had closed the gap a little bit. Uh, Kelvin, what do you got? So how's the team health been? Um, I, I understand that you might have had one or two guys who, who you know, were dealing with some stuff and everything. Where, where, where are you? Where are you physically? But how's the team health? And what do you, the, the team, need to improve on as they move to the uh, spring season? Honestly, the health wise, me and the other guy on the team, Marcus Taylor, he's um he's from he's a I think he's a senior this year now. 
me and him are the two guys that's pretty much known for having the knickknack injuries. His is a little bit more severe than mine. Mine is more of just dealing with back pain. Um, it more so comes from just the long distance traveling. You know, we're sitting in vehicles for about sometimes six, seven hours. When we went to North Carolina, it's a nine hour drive, but with the traffic, it took about 12 hours. So we're sitting in the car for 12 hours and that can just be real uncomfortable. But um, what can we improve on as a team? So whenever we're not playing that well as a team collectively, sometimes we think we're out of it, you know, and then at the end of the round, we realize we're one or two or three shots back, which is not much in golf. I mean, that can, that can change in a matter of 20 minutes. So more of whenever things aren't going our way, just keep our head up and keep fighting for the guys that's, you know, on the same team as us. Cause you know, we're all wearing the same shirt. So I tell everybody fight for the other guys that's wearing the same shirt as you, you know, when it's, it's not done till it's done, you never know how close or far you are from winning the tournament till it's over. Okay. Um, Marcus, what do you got? You're on mute, Marcus. My question is for the, the golf season, it seems like it's, I mean, you play in the fall and then you have a break and then you start up early in the spring. How is that grind? Because it seems like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of any other sport, maybe track, I guess, that has a season that uh, goes over the two semesters of school. And how is that? And, and I heard you mentioned about you know, some nagging injuries that you and your teammates have. How much of a role does that play into it? Well, it's, it's pretty tough, but I mean, the more you play, the more you get used to it. Um, put, for an example, this semester, we, uh, me and my other teammate, we've played seven tournaments in 10 weeks. So it's a lot of, um, luckily my, I'm online for school, so I'm not really missing that much class, but for my other teammate, he's, his name is Patrick as well. He's missed basically seven weeks of class and within a period of 10 weeks. Um, so it can get a lot at times, but that's where you just have to, I guess, be mature and understand that you're a student athlete. So your student first, athlete second. So just understand that no matter what, we have an excuse for the work, but it still has to be done by a certain amount of days. Um, but over time, you just start to get used to it, honestly. Okay, thank you. Hey, talk about the uh, the recent uh, additions uh, to the to the golf program. I believe the simulator. Um, there was even maybe some expansion to the, I believe it was to the driving and putting area. Just, just talk about those things, those additions, and how they how they help you guys, and how have they helped you thus far? So with the simulator, we have it, but we have not been able to put it in actual place yet. I think where they're trying to have it at is not tall enough for us to swing and our club not hit the ceiling. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but the additions to the on-campus driver range, that allows us to where we can go out there whenever we want. Uh, for example, our coach has it to where the lights turn off at, if I'm not mistaken, I think midnight. So for the guys that live on campus or for the guys that want to get some late night work in um, after practice, they can go out there from any time to about midnight. And, you know, sometimes we have friendly competitions out there and all that kind of stuff. But golf, for us, you know, our coach tells us that being able to work the wedges is how you score better. And that's how you – really improve your score when you're not playing that well. So if you can get dialed in on that field, you'll be able to you'll be good to go for a tournament for sure. I mean, going out there, that's the fundamentals. Without that, you mean you don't have a chance. So you have to master that stuff before you can expect to go out in the course and do big things. Mm-hmm. Uh and speaking of being able to get up shots, you know, I, I started I told you when I saw your tweet about you getting that opportunity to, to meet one of one of your icons one of one of the one of the legends of course Tiger Woods and uh 
So you you had that experience of being able to be in that that well just I'll let you describe it. Describe that the bridge tone, uh the golf photo shoot, um, and everything that you, your teammates, and you were paired up with some uh, some other golfers from Prairie View A and M. Uh just talk about that experience and how that all came together uh and 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 just your interactions with Tiger. Yeah, so our coach had told us about this towards the beginning of the semester that we were going to be able to beat Tiger, and he unfortunately told us that it wasn't going to be the whole team. It was only going to be five of us. So he went about the five the way he did, and we went down to South Florida, and they were doing a Bridgestone commercial with Tiger Woods and some other um, notable golfers that work with Bridgestone as well. And afterwards, you know, we already knew that Tiger was going to come to us, and um, he came up to the driving range. He shook my hand, and um, – Literally, when he shook my hand, I was—I almost forgot to speak. I was just, you know, I was just confused. You know, I was just like, man, this is the guy I watched growing up on YouTube, on Golf Channel, all that kind of stuff. And now I'm shaking his hand, swinging in front of him. So it was an unreal moment. But um, I know the the team, you know, they're like everybody, like everybody else. He's our golf idol. He's the guy we admire when it comes to golf and whatnot. He's like, like when I shook my when I shook his hand, I told my coach, I was like, I don't even think that's real. Like, I don't even like I shook his hand, but. That don't even seem like him for it. It's like it's like a a doppelganger version of him, you know. So um, that is something I'll never forget. But being able to hear his advice on the golf course, um, what he does on and off the golf course to prepare for the next day, that was I mean something you just can't pay for. I mean he basically is a guy of work ethic. He believes if you don't go out there and at least try, you don't even deserve success. Um, he would rather go out there and fail every single day than stay at the house knowing that he didn't do anything to at least try to get better. So. It's a lot of trial and error, and just learning from your mistakes. Honestly, uh, I, I pre- and Kelvin and Marcus jump in there anytime. I, I love that clip. I, I bookmark it. That clip where he was talking about the the preparation of a hundred mm-hmm. shots. Oh, no, excuse me, a, a thousand, thousand. Yep. a thousand shots every day. I don't even have a concept of how. I, I guess because I'm not doing it, I don't know what kind of time that is, but. A thousand shots, and I love the way he broke it down. Right? They explained mm-hmm. how he broke down what a thousand shots look like. Just in case anybody hasn't seen that clip, uh, just explain that for people. So I had asked him basically, how is he able to practice at an elite level when he's not feeling the best? Because like when I'm dealing with my back pain, sometimes it's limited practice. So he answered that with saying, even if you're not swinging full swing a thousand shots a day, he was like, it could be 600 putts, which is something where you're stationary and it's all about shoulder movement, or you can do 600 putts, 200 chips, 200 range balls, you know, just anything where you're having a thousand contacts with the, with the club, whether it's a full swing, a putt or chip, he's like, that's how he basically goes about it. Whenever he's not feeling the best. Cause he said, when you're putting, you can putt for a long time and not really get in much pain. So he was saying, no matter what, whether it's an off day for him or not, he has to get a thousand contacts so with just the club being in his hand. He's able to get better and just feel more confident when the time has come to practice and when it's time to compete. Man, that, that, and I mean, how many guys, I mean, when, when you heard him say that and put up those kind of numbers, did you feel like, Oh man, I got some work to do. Or are you like, okay, I, I see that. I mean, what, 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 what kind of emotions or, or thoughts did you have as you're hearing him break that down for you? When I heard him say a thousand concerts a day, I was like, first of all, that's a lot of hours throughout the day, which I mean, he most definitely has the time for that. But with us being in school, a thousand is a little bit unrealistic, but we can most definitely do a lot more than what we're doing right now. I'll say that, especially with me having online classes. 
I do go out there early before practice and get some practice in. But when he when he said that, it's like maybe I need to go out there an additional two hours before I was getting out there before just to, you know, get at least like maybe another 200 contacts with the club and whatnot. So um, that just lets you know how much he believes in work ethic. You know, he didn't like obviously he's a gifted golfer, but just because he's gifted don't mean it just came to him naturally. He had to go out there and work for it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, you guys got anything, Kelvin or Marcus? Yeah, we got a couple of guys who, uh, you know, working their way through the system and doing some pretty good things um, on a pro, semi-pro level. Um, how much do the those guys, you know, come back and um, do you get a chance to, you know, inter interact with them and kind of keep – do you keep up with them, uh, get advice for them also? Yeah, so even if they don't come back, you know, we're in an age now where social media is a thing. So we talk to them through social media and they're basically – trying their best to perfect their craft, but grow the game for the ones behind them. And then the same thing for us, we're trying to grow the game for the ones that's coming up as well. So um, even if we don't see them in person, uh, we talk to them, you know, they give us words of advice. Uh, one of my teammates, he just turned pro last year and he's playing on the mini tour that you were talking about, the APJ tour. And one of the guys up there that's doing pretty good, you know, he actually stays in contact with my teammate all the time now, giving them words of advice, trying to help them, get over the hump to be a better golfer than what he was yesterday. So, I mean, they're, they're doing a good job and basically they just want us to do the same thing for the younger generation. Awesome. Good. Good to hear. Marcus, you got anything here for Patrick? Uh, come on, Marcus, you're on mute again. <laughs> Tell the people in the background to stop talking. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, as it relates to uh, a FAMU golf, what is it that you guys think you'll need that will take you to uh, an even higher level of performance and, and um, mm. being able to, say, go that next step further? Um, well, this is sort of out of our control, but if we're speaking about hypotheticals, I'll just say this one then, but having a more difficult golf course to practice at um, the course we're at right now in Tallahassee um, is Southwood. Uh, first of all, we're grateful for what we have because we, it could be a whole lot worse, but we do know if we could play a golf course that challenges us more at home. It'll have it to where when we go to travel to these other difficult golf courses, it's an easier uh, adaption method, you know, rather than having mm -hmm. to adjust on the road. It's more of like, we're already prepared for this before we even get to our next event. So other than that, um, I would just say just keep practicing, honestly. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you get in what you put out. I mean, you get out what you put into it. So, I mean, you know, we can have all the resources in the world. If you don't go out there and put the work in, none of the resources really matter. Um, okay. Kelvin, you might you might be able to uh, be a part of this, what I'm about to ask here, Patrick. Uh, in terms of public versus private courses around Tallahassee, do does the team do you uh whether it be through coach rice or anybody do you have opportunities to play uh, or get rounds in at other courses around the city whether they be public or private i, I don't know how that works um you, you know I, I just thought of that as you mentioned about having an opportunity to play at more at, at more challenging courses or just other courses in general You asking me or Mr. Oh, I'm Bell? sorry. Yeah, Patrick, I'm saying, do you do you oh, have a chance bad. to get around to, to other courses around around the city or yeah? So um all the other public golf courses in the area, you know, they they most definitely look out for us too. They allow us to come out there and play. Um, for an example, Capital City, which is right by campus, Capital City Country Club, that's right uh by FAMU. 
they are not public, but we can pretty much come out there whenever we want. So we are very thankful for them as well. Um, it's more of just uh, the golf courts in the area. They're I'm not going to say they're too easy because that's never a thing in golf. Golf can humble you. But um, it's more of just like having something a little bit more challenging for us because some of us hit the ball so far. It's like we can hit it past the trouble. Sometimes we go to these tournaments, hitting it long and inaccurate can actually cost us. And at home, we're hitting it long and inaccurate and we're getting away with it. And I think in a way that is not telling us a true evaluation of how we are when we're playing on the road, if that makes sense. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, all right. Um, guys, any, any final questions here for, for Patrick as we, as we close out our time with him, anything you want to add or anything? Everybody's on mute today. Kelvin. Yeah. You're on Congrats. No, no, just congratulations on the season you've had. So thus far you and the team, um, we'll, Thank we'll you. have coach, we'll have coach on shortly, but, uh, looking forward to, uh, your spring season and, and um, you you all doing well? I appreciate you. Bring, Thank you. Hey, bring it, bring it home a championship. I'm gonna put the pressure on you. Ah, uh, there you go. I got you. No pressure though. I got you though. Uh, so the 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 family golf team returns to the courses on February 19th, 2024. Uh, the UNK World Golf Hall of Fame in St. Augustine, and then they kind of get the season season rolling in uh february march and then of course the uh swag championship is in april so uh looks like there's about a, a half uh about five four or five big tournaments before that uh before that comes in and it's got to be it's got to be motivating when you see all these other programs winning championships patrick it's like yo we gotta we gotta we gotta get ours we gotta get absolutely. ours i know it's gotta be uh motivating absolutely we're trying to we're trying to capture the first sweat golf championship at FAMU this semester that's our goal yes sir yes sir all right well hey uh we're, we're gonna be rooting for you wishing you guys well um thank you, thank you. appreciate your time tonight man thank you for coming yes. on and giving us an update uh hopefully we'll we'll be able to do it again in the spring yes, sir. Uh, and until then man happy holidays to you um uh, uh Patrick let people know where where are you from and you know where's home and and then uh how they can find you and follow you on social media uh, so I'm from Augusta, Georgia, uh, home of the Masters. Uh, Instagram is uh, Patrick Jean-Pierre with no hyphen. So Patrick Jean-Pierre underscore. All right. All right. We'll see. There, there's a hopefully you get a chance to, to get on that Masters golf course. Maybe some uh, if, you haven't, if you haven't already. Uh, all right, man. Hey, Patrick, thank you, man. Love your good follow on, you. on X you Twitter. Um, you know, he follows and you guys make sure to hit Patrick up um, and uh, make sure to look out for our our golf team and you guys are making your holiday donations on the Rattler athletic fund. Make sure you hit that men's golf program, you know, so that way we can get Patrick and the guys, some, some beaded, some beaded cushions. So that way on these long trips, you know, they got a little massaging thing for their back and stuff. So you guys can uh, be prepared on these trips. Okay. Appreciate you. Thank All, you. Right. All right, Patrick. Thank you, brother. Take care. Happy holidays to you and your family. You All as right. well. Thank you. All right. Um, Patrick Jean Pierre, cool story, man. I know I enjoyed the heck out of seeing that 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 uh, that uh, Bridgetone golf thing with uh, with Tiger. That's uh, big, that man. Was, that was huge. That was huge. Uh, hey, look at this, fellas. I called this. I knew this was going to happen. Ching, 
coming on the heels of uh, maybe one of the worst losses in program history. Uh, they, the men go on the road to South Carolina, get a 65-60 to 60 win over Presbyterian. Uh, good win, good win. Um, I had a feeling that the guys – that was going to be a good game, and they were going to win that. Plus, hey, hey, plus 320. Cha-ching. Hey, but what does that mean? You ain't tell me that. Huh? What does that mean? You plus ain't tell me that. No, because you, 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 uh, you, <laughs> see, <laughs> there's a reason I didn't tell you. I didn't want you to poo poo it. That's why. <laughs> uh, Plus three twenty means Marcus. Uh, that means a a uh, hundred dollar wager wins you three hundred and twenty dollars. That's what that oh, means. Oh, okay. Plus three twenty. I didn't put down a hundred on FAMU, but uh, I put a little pizza money on it. Let's just put it like that. And uh, you know, daddy, daddy's gonna be okay this weekend. And <laughs> <laughs> let's just say that. All right. Hey, let's uh, let's take a break. Uh, our uh, our 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 live is uh are ready to uh, come on. The show, uh, she's gonna come up here. We're gonna catch up on uh, on our family basketball. We're gonna talk about we got a win, live. We got a dub. Uh, so um, actually, the the win last since last we talked, women got a dub, men got a dub. Uh, you know, it's we, things are things are looking brighter for uh, family basketball. So we're gonna talk about that with her coming up on the other side. You guys uh, hang in there with us. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone right here on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be back in just a moment. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice dot com. Always on, all the time. Nope. Nope. You want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com.
Welcome back to the OMG Strike Zone. Brian, Marcus, Kelvin, and look who it is. It's Liv. Liv for Hoops. Olivia Antella. Liv, how you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? What's up, Liv? Doing well. Feeling like a champion. Feeling like a, feeling like a Richard champion uh, this evening, Liv. Uh uh, how are you? Uh, how do you how do you enjoy the weekend? Uh, bragging about FAMU up there in the, in the uh, Midwest. It was good. I mean, you know, you can't. FAMU has just been racking up every single award for football. It's been insane, especially now that Coach Simmons got the Region Coach of the Year, and then Lights on Sports um, gave. Uh, coach the recruiter of the year, which he definitely deserved because he's been he's been going crazy. And if you've been looking at the offers that have been going out, it's been he's been working like the tight end from Clemson, the running back from FSU. Like he's really been he I've seen all over like fam you offered fam you offered. And so I think it's going to be exciting next season but oddly we're focused on getting that celebration bowl title and finishing out this season strong but that was a good win and it was crazy all the delays the stops but they pulled it out and so i was so happy Liv, you got to find a way to get to atlanta you got to find a way I to get know. to <laughs> pack it pack, pack everybody up and and just get to atlanta the, I'm, I'm telling you for, the the thing about the celebration bowl it really is a Super Bowl type environment. I mean, I think the Super Bowl has been up in many. Were you in Minneapolis still? I don't know if you were in school when the yes. Super Bowl came. Yeah. So you know what that environment is like, right? When a Super Bowl comes yes. to your town, the Celebration mm-hmm. Bowl is like that for the HBCU culture. I mean, you're going to see people from all kinds of schools. And just the fact that it's our school that's going to be in it, oh, my God. God, last year I was I was watching and just there with you know all, of course Jackson State was all over the place and and uh, but 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 man I tell you knowing that it's gonna be Howard and FAMU woo wow um, anyway everyone but, everyone's calling it the bougie bowl <laughs> well hey you know it is what it is right it is what <laughs> hey it, it, it's probably appropriate with Howard. But they don't know Rattles very well. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can be a little bit of both, you know. We can we can right. have that bougie northeast, and sometimes we can be a little grimy like they are in the south. So it just depends on what right. day you catch us. Man, we need money. Yeah, well, see, see, sometimes <laughs> we got we got some folks who, who who eat that caviar too and sip champagne. You know that, you know that <laughs> with the with the gold tooth. So anyway. Um, Let's talk about the uh, our women's team coming back from Houston. Um, let me see. Did we we catch you? Did we talked about the first win, right? The home win. We mm-hmm. caught you on that one. Um, the Houston trip. Um, we lost a tough one first to uh, Sam Houston. Odd time to play, but it was an afternoon noon tip mm-hmm. off. 65-62. Man, I watched that game. I was like, oh, my God, I thought we had that game. Um, so just give us your your evaluation of the of the Sam Houston game before we get into talking about the, uh, the next one two days later against Houston. Yeah, so I thought I was the same way. I thought they had it in the bag, and then as the game went on, it just seemed like 
wear and tear and fatigue. They don't play a very, that game, it wasn't a very deep, consistent bench. They were pretty much playing the same people. And uh, they actually, FAMU won the boards that game. So I was, that's why I was like, this is great. I thought they were evenly matched based on size and like, I was looking forward to it, but at the end, they couldn't pull it out. Um, they shot poorly from the three. It just it just seems like the game got away from them and slipped away. And then that turnover, I hate saying games don't come down to the last play, but that turnover at half court is just what it was unfortunate because they got what they wanted down on the other end. And then they came down and immediately turned the ball over and the game was pretty much done. But I thought from that game, um, because I think size, when they play teams that are way big, they they are going to struggle based on the lack of depth in their post positions. That was a game they really needed to get the W, but I thought it was a lot of positives moving away from that game. And moving in the right direction um, and establishing more of like their team, who they are as a team. I thought we had, I mean, I, I, that for both teams, between the fouls and the turnovers, I, 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 at one point, at one point, what I, I text you and I was like, who did we piss off? Who did who pissed <laughs> the officials off in the first quarter? Because no, when I, when I started watching, I think it was late first quarter and i was watching the way they were officiating that game i mean have you I, I, you tell me yeah. you hopefully watched it from the get-go have you been in games like that i mean what what in the heck was into those officials i will be honest especially just from watching from a viewer standpoint this year every single hbcu women's basketball game i've watched this year it's been officiated that way very tight the refs trying to control the, they're trying to control the tempo of the game and the dynamic of the game. It's, I kid you not, it's been every single game that I've watched. They call it so extremely tight, tic-tac, so many fouls. Like a game I watched today, there was over 50 fouls called in one game, which is insane. And so it was that, the fouls. But I always say you can't control the rest. The rest are going to call it however they want and – Unfortunately, that's just the hand that they were dealt with. The turnovers were were too much as well. Um, but to me, though, turnovers is something you can fix. I thought a lot of the turnovers were they were just making silly passes, trying to pass in the air. We are not that type of team. We need to jump stop. We need to pivot and make the easy, simple pass to the shooter out on the wing. When FAMU kept it so simple on offense, they looked good. When they try and start doing too much is when the turnovers started happening. But yeah, the fouling, it was it was so annoying because the refs were just controlling the tempo and controlling the game, and I hate that. I'd rather refs call nothing except for extreme fouls than call every single little thing that happens because it slows the game down. Mm-hmm. Good point, good point. Um... Anybody stand out in that game against Sam Houston? That I mean, I know Grizzle had twenty-two. Um, any, yeah. Anybody stand out? I thought Hendricks. I thought Sydney Hendricks, the freshman, she showed up on scoring finally. She's a player 
that usually does everything else that doesn't show up on the box score. But she finally got in double figures with 13. Um, I was happy to see that. And I like what Sylvester's been giving FAMU. Um, I think she's been adding really, really great defense that they need in the full court. She's such she's an energy person that on defense, sometimes she gets little stupid ticky-tack fouls. But I'm like, I can live with that because you're bringing that pressure, that energy. Like she just brings a different dynamic to the floor that we when she wasn't playing, we weren't seeing. So Grizzle obviously is going to do her thing and get her buckets. But. The fact that they had two other people in double figures is it's good for them. They can't just rely on Grizzle to to just score. They need other people to score in double figures on a consistent basis, whoever that is. Let me add my two cents, Brian. Please go ahead. There's one thing I will counter with that Lil said in terms of fixing the turnovers. I don't know if this team will be able to fix it because. They just don't have enough skilled guards. Mm-hmm. That's the issue. And they don't have enough big, skilled bigs. So how they can cover that up or lessen that is get easy buckets. So mm-hmm. I think they're probably going to have to press a little more and try to get more transition, pick up the pace a little bit, try to be more of a transition team. I think that's how they can minimize turnovers. But if you get them in a the half-court game, they're going to they be inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They struggle because at times it looks like they're not even running an offense. They're just standing there looking at each other like, do something. So I agree that they need to push the pace. A lot of times I'm like, go, why are we slowing up? Like, we just don't have the personnel for that. We have to be a very, like, um, do the simple things and then, but push. I do agree with that. They need to push the ball because we don't have – we really only have one person that we're like, go get a bucket. That's it. Yeah. There's really not anyone else, and no one's shooting the three consistently enough that people – they don't care. They're leaving people wide open, and they're like, shoot it. <laughs> so I do agree with your assessment. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, moving. So that was a week. That was game one of the two in the Houston area. That was Sam Houston. And then uh, we had to play. Uh, I think Sam Houston is in what conference? They the they're uh, in. Uh, I just had they just moved right from right. FCS to about. yeah. They're in the what? conference USA. Okay, okay, okay. conference USA, conference mm-hmm. USA, and they, okay. So then we go from that to playing a Big Twelve team in Houston, and yeah. uh, at Houston, uh, we lost that one seventy nine to fifty nine. But statistically, if you look at the box score, we, um, you know, field goal percentage-wise was uh, 40%, held them to 38%. We got out-rebounded something really bad, uh, 51 to 30. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Um, Three-point shooting wasn't great. Free throw shooting was below 70%. Uh, What's your evaluation of, uh, of that game against Houston? The size Houston had, cause I watched the whole game. Houston had a post player that came off the bench, had a season high in the first half. She averaged Ooh. nine points. She ended up having 21 and she looked good. And they just, 
could they had no one who could defend her at one point they tried switching it up and putting delancey on her to try and they were just they had nobody and for someone to come off the bench who averages nine points have 21 and seven it just it's the problem that i've been saying they're gonna have teams who have a big post player over the height of six two they're gonna struggle and because they just have nobody down there who can defend and then that comes into the problem of rebounding why they got out rebounded by 20. um but i thought the bright spot of that game for me was delancey she came off the bench i don't know if people noticed that she got taken out of the starting five she came off the bench had 22 and i just thought she was playing with such fire and passion um and i think they they needed that at times they look so dull and I just, she just looked so emotional that it finally was falling for her. I liked what I saw from her in Tennessee. And then she just went dead for all those games in between until Houston. Um, but uh, coach switched it up. Like she said, she was going to taking Delancey out of the starting lineup, adding Sylvester in. They even, I believe between Sam Houston and Houston, started um one game they started sharp and the other game they started brennan to kind of go back and forth to see who they could play because um skylar's not playing right now and i think having her would help because it would just be a bigger body down there who likes to be physical so that was my takeaway from it i thought delancey looked good but it's just the same things like they're gonna the problem is they're going to get out rebounded they don't have huge guards they have small guards whereas other teams now have five ten six foot six one guards their post players are six four six five we don't have why are you making that face because this uh, with a six foot guard i mean man that that's whew. i'm just looking like i'm you know that's that just feels it's, like that that's a is that what it is these days? Because that's a big guard. Yeah, it's, like that. it's it's common that now point guards are like 5'8". There's even 5'10 on the women's side. Like everyone is really moving away from small guards because all these taller players are now transitioning to guard positions because we're seeing more 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", girls. So the game's just getting bigger and FAMU's not big. So, so that will also help pushing the pace. You're not going to get stuff in half court when the teams are just so much bigger than you. But that was a big 12 team who's only lost one game. And the coach was actually pissed. Houston's coach was pissed during that game. He was furious that they scored double digits in, in three of the four quarters. Wow. He was like embarrassing. I can't believe they let them score double points. He was mad they scored over 50 and he was saying this on like the on camera during halftime and then when the uh the sideline reporter she was like he's upset he said he didn't want them scoring <laughs> over 50 and so they walked away from that game mad that they uh, that it was that close and that they allowed them to score but obviously grizzle's gonna score i was glad to see delancey get over the hump but it's just a they were outmatched that game and I thought scoring in double figures three of the four quarters is a plus. They scored 19 and two. They won the fourth quarter. So, mm -hmm. you know, pluses to take away to the next game.
uh, how competing. much? Uh, yeah, competing, competing. Um, right. Delancey, you, you mentioned this was her first game uh, since. Well, I, I'm looking at the stats, and I, I can't go. I can't help but recall the three of eighteen night. Uh, and and is, was that like since <laughs> since that night? Since that night, is that you think? Between then and now, that Houston game, do you think that was some of the reason why she may have gone in the shell a little bit? Maybe feeling a little self-conscious or upset, or maybe there might be teammates like, hey, you know, you were 3 of 18, you passed the rock. I don't know, is any and all of that possibly going on? I feel like it was the coach. Because versus Houston, she shot 17 times. Delancey is a kid I think has the neon green light. I just think that. But you, even when you have that green light, you can't go, you can't only make three shots. And in that game where she shot horrible, they weren't even good shots. They were forced. I can tell like when she wants to score instead of just letting the game come to her. In Houston, she was letting it come to her and just getting a bucket. So I feel like after watching that presser of what Coach Gordon was saying, I feel like she had a one-on-one conversation and was like, you're coming off the bench. And so I won't, I won't be shocked if she continues coming off the bench because she added scoring off of it. And they need that. They need someone to come off the bench and give something. Um, Cause they just don't have a consistent second option at this time. But I think after that game, coach Gordon was like, Whoa, like, yeah, you can shoot, but that was you need to get in the gym, <laughs> like, because that was that was a very 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 poor shooting night. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, I like the way you call that neon green light. There's a green light, and then there's the neon green light, and boy, <laughs> uh, all right. So our ladies return home Friday uh, mm-hmm. against the University of South Alabama, five thirty uh, tip off. And it's sort of the last game before, you know, obviously they finish up finals and then there's a big break before we play Detroit Mercy on the 21st. What uh, what's your evaluation of South Alabama? Is this this feels like potentially one of these games live a winnable game, a winnable game. Let's call it that. Mm -hmm. I think we have those nowadays. I I when I looked at the schedule, I see that as a winnable game. It's definitely going every game. It's like the first two minutes are of the quarter. The first two minutes are important. And the last two, sometimes FAMU just gets like lost in between that time. Um, But I think if they show up and compete, this is a winnable game for them. Um, The biggest thing is going to be obviously establishing people outside of Grizzle because she can't do it by herself. And she gets put in really bad situations at time because they will all just stand there and look at her and be like, do something. And she's like, <laughs> they're packing the yeah. paint. What do you want me to do? Like, but I definitely think this is a winnable game for them. If they come out ready and prepared to want to play and want to compete like they did against Jacksonville, although Jacksonville like fought back, I thought they looked, they played like they wanted to win. And so if they play like that, this is a winnable game that I really think they they really need to win because to end the season, it's very hard, competitive, physical games. Um, this is just, they will, 
they need to win this one, in my opinion. All right. Um, let's flip it over over to the men's side real quick. Um, obviously, uh, we, wah, wah, we probably, wah. <laughs> um, look, we, we went yeah. double overtime against uh, Division II Albany State. Um, mm-hmm. It went double overtime. I don't know whether it's more hurtful that we went double overtime or that we ended up losing in Both. double overtime. Both. Okay. Both. That's fair. <laughs> but I will say, I felt like when I looked at the fact that we had this Presbyterian game, mm-hmm. no lie, I felt like this was a win. I, I felt like the team had played. I, I know the results, people. So I know before everyone jumps in my messages and says, oh, there you go again, being optimistic, Brian. I I felt like we played hard. We played good enough to win. We didn't. Results matter, blah, blah, blah. But we would get the results in this Presbyterian game, and we got them. Now, uh, don't if you if you want to go back and watch the replay, watch the replays, but stay away from the last six minutes of the game. Stay away from the last six because you were going to see a lead go down Horrible. the drain like somebody, like somebody forgot to cut off the faucet. Don't even watch the last six minutes. I'm just I'm gonna tell you mm-hmm. once you see Fam, you hit about what do you say, live about 55 points, cut it off. Cut the TV off when you see Fam, you hit about 55. It was, it, we had four to one at L. It was yeah. 51. They didn't score for so long once it was 51. I, I was like, I here they go. I, I was just as I bragged about them at halftime, I was like, this looks like a different team. I tweeted that. Then they come out in the second half, score those little 10 points, and it just went dead. I was like, what is happening? Like, yeah. but I had said that I they compete in the first half. Their problem has been finishing games, and that's what happened versus Albany. They couldn't finish the game. And that one guard from Albany went crazy on them. He had 31 points. And from what I heard, people who were at the game, he was talking heavy, too. He was calling oh, out bet. post players, being, being like, y'all are soft. Yup, go down there and give him the ball. We got them on lock. Like, people who were there was like, there wasn't a lot of people. We heard he was talking loud because he wanted the whole gym to hear. <laughs> and so I feel like that game, it kind of, like, embarrassed them because everyone online was going in on them. All the other yeah. conference fans were going in on them. They were like, y'all are talking about us and y'all just lost to a D2 team. And so I thought the way they played this game, I loved the way Shannon Grant came out. He was super aggressive. He established himself inside. They were finally like actively looking to give him the ball. And I was like, he had 80 pounds on the dude that was guarding him. So I was like, feed the big man, get in there. Love Bettis played out of his mind. Yeah, I would say towards the end, Towards the end, he was trying to heat check and he took some questionable shots where I was like, you're feeling yourself too much, like pull it back. But he was really the catalyst that pushed them forward. And in the first half, um, Hans played well, but then he didn't score again. And then he got that intentional foul that was just not needed. But they they just lost momentum. But hey, I'm happy they pulled it out and were able to finish the game because they could have easily given it up. And even the commentators were like, if they lose this game and they were up by as much as 19, all the fans already know what they're going to be saying because you were up by as 
as much as 19 and they were, but I think it showed a lot that they were actually able to finish because that has been a problem for them is finishing games. Let me uh, let me run through some stats here in case anybody was curious. Uh, Love Bettis, as, as, as Liv said, had a game high 22 points on six of 12 from the field. He was two of three from the arc, eight of nine at the free throw line. Shannon Grant, 13 points, six rebounds on the six of nine from the field. Uh, you also got 10 points from Keith Lamar and seven rebounds. And Hans-Louis June got 10 points um, and, uh, and three steals. Um, I think you also got uh, – I also thought Eatman played well. When I was watching, he, he got seven points. and mm-hmm. But just it, it was good seeing that rotation of, of uh, Grant and Eatman and I mean, amongst those two bigs, they got 20 points mm-hmm. and combined, they were uh, the eight of 12 from the field. And uh, I was happy with both of them on both ends of the floor. I thought they both played defense well. They both got some timely big blocks. I thought they both showed up this game and we've kind of. That lose you? There we go. Live. We've oh, been waiting we for them to kind of show up. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got yeah. you. We got you. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I'm like my screen went uh, black. Um, I think everyone's been waiting for those two to kind of show up together at one time or at all. And fam, you finally got that. Yeah, and, and we found somebody who shot the three-point ball worse than us. Uh Presbyterian was five of twenty-one. <laughs> That's twenty-three point eight percent. We were only four of twelve, uh, but but we made free throws. Uh, Fifteen of eighteen at the free throw line. So we did what we had to do to win the game. Congratulations to Coach McCullum. First, first win, win of the season. First win of the season. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's see what's ahead for the guys here next up. Oh, you know this was only our six. Another oh, game. Oh, another game if you win. Another another SIC team Saturday. Oh, man, these guys. Uh, Okay, so this is a good weekend at the Lawson Center. You got uh, the women on Friday, excuse me, and you got the men on Saturday afternoon. So hopefully it's a good weekend to get a couple of wins uh, for for FAMU basketball. And uh, – I think the men's game, or excuse me, the men's game looks like it's going to be on Rattlers Plus. Uh, the women's game, it should be on both. both? Okay. Yeah, both, both should be. Yeah, they okay. should both be on Rattler Plus. All right. All right. Robert Vickers says the talent level uh, better than coaching. Okay. Well, not you. Well, hey. Not you. <laughs> All right. Well, you know. All right. Uh, we love our we love our coaches, though. But uh, yeah, we. we... <laughs> All right. Oh, Liv, any any final thoughts? Uh... <laughs> Just messy. I think I misread that as I posted. I'm like, oh, that's not what I was hoping to put out there. But anyway, it is what it is. Uh, Liv, who's uh in the swag? Give me your top five in the swag right now. I saw you you posted something earlier. Who are your top five women? And uh, top five men's teams in the SWAC. So for women, 
JSU is still up there. They've only had losses against a nationally ranked team in Kansas State and a UCF team who is undefeated and a Big 12 team. Um, this week will really challenge them, though. They play Oregon State and someone else who's ranked. So this week will really challenge them and see how they show up. Um, obviously, I know people are going to be on my tail, but UAPB is still up there for me. They got because you have to. They have one of the best one of the best small forwards in the country in Zay Green. Like she's the bucket. She's unbelievable. Shit. And yeah. today they got robbed. Those refs today were so bad at UNT, but she's so good. So I can't take them out because they've also had an extremely hard schedule and been in most of those games competing. Um Bethune, I can't forget Bethune, and everyone sleeps on them. When I asked who are the three teams that have above 100 records, no, almost no one guessed Bethune. They're four and three. Um, they lost to FIU by like two points. They came back by as much as like 18 down. They're they're rolling right now. I think they look very good. They have a post player who's really emerging this year in Chanel McDonald, and obviously they have. Still the newcomer who was newcomer of the year last year in Chanel Wilson, who can just she scores in in big huge buckets. Like once she gets going, she doesn't stop. Yeah, I think it's just hard for me to admit uh give any Bethune any praise. I think that's a that's the challenge for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just but it is what it is with um <laughs> right, right. And then it is. And then Grambling, they just beat Alabama for the first time ever in school history. They are coming off a win against Tennessee Tech. They play South Carolina State next game. So we have a MEAC SWAT clash. Right now, those are the top six teams. And I, I just, I had to take Southern out because they just, they looked horrible horrible versus Northwestern. They shot like 16% from the floor in that game. They ended the game with like 30 points. They just, they, they didn't look good. So I was like, can't have you in my top six anymore, but those are my top six. So JSU, UAPB, Grambling, <clears throat> Bethune, Alabama A&M, and no one else. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Speaking of Southern, Southern's men, they got to be in your top five yeah. on the men's side, don't they? For, for sure. So Prairie View, a lot of people have been sleeping on their men's team. They have like the highest net rating in the NCAA right now. Um, they have a over 500 record. People don't pay attention to them, and I'm not sure why. They're really good. They've been playing really well, have been racking up wins. Have to Southern beat a nationally ranked team like – and people are trying to tell me it didn't matter because it was December and it didn't matter that they were ranked. And I was like, yes, it does. But, and that was a those, Southern fan that was saying conference. that to me. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Liv. Go ahead. I was just Southern saying that was a Southern. Yes. And I was like, are you crazy? Like, it doesn't matter. First of all, they're SEC. And two, they are nationally ranked regardless. And they beat them. So... When you go look at that net rating, when you go look at the conference ratings and the ratings and the RPI and the net for the conferences, uh, like two weeks ago, I think right before Thanksgiving, the SWAT was actually 24th. 
out of 32. And what that means is we're not in the first four. We're not a 16 seed, whoever our champion is. So it does matter if we're in the mid twenties. Mm-hmm. So I'll be curious. You you look. I sent you a site where that's good info on. But mm-hmm. if you take a look at that site uh, and you look at where those conference ratings are and the, where the swag is, men and women, that'll tell you come March or once conference season plays, uh, are we going to be in the first four, regardless of who it is, or are we looking at possibly a fifteen or fourteen seat? That matters. That's where it matters. So. Well, the news just came out that the net ratings are going to matter even more because with the end. Wait a minute. We lost you there. Liv was about to drop Your tournament. Oh, go back. can you go hear back me now? Go back. My goodness. Say, Usually it's Kelvin's reception that's bad. Don't be trying to, <laughs> don't be trying to put that on me. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> oh lord that was a nice shot wow that was a good one uh go ahead man. so i was saying it it just what came out that do? <laughs> net ratings all right i'm gonna let you go <laughs> net go, ratings man. are gonna matter even more because for the nit the hbcus are no longer guaranteed a spot if so if you won your conference and you didn't win the tournament you got an automatic bid to the nit they are taking that away because they said they want to give the stage to power five schools and they will base it off of net ratings and so now for the nit for hbcus to get in they literally have to win games in non-conference because they said we see you guys winning these games we're not going to give you an automatic bid to the nit anymore um, so that's something that just came out that is actually a huge difference because the article I read said that Morgan State and Jackson State wouldn't have qualified for the NIT last year um, based on their net ratings, but they got the bids because they won the conference and they didn't win the tournament. So that's a huge change that teams are going to have to start adjusting to and actually like, you know, focusing on that a lot more net ratings are playing into decisions for these tournaments after the conference tournaments. All right. Uh, Liv, we appreciate you. You can tell Liv's family now. That's a beautiful shot right across. Just a beautiful shot at Kelvin. Just, just man, you know, that's, that she's become family now. She's, she's feeling comfortable. She's, it's here. Um, Liv is a great follow on, on I, I got to say on Twitter. I, it does not, it is not, I was going to say on X, but that does not sound good when you say somebody's a good follow wow. on X. That just does not sound, doesn't sound good. So on Twitter, also known as X, follow at Live for Hoops. Uh, a great follow. Everybody around the SWAC's giving our girl love. Uh, and she's getting shouted out from programs. And hey, I love the fact that Liv is calling folks out. Telling people, hey, you guys need to step your social media game up. You need to do X, they Y, and do. Z. Yes, I love it. I love it. You know, so tell them. Keep, keep and I'm going to I was gonna say the tweets I said today, I should call that coach out that made those comments, but I'm trying to play nice because people are starting to think anyone watching, it was not FAMU's men's basketball coach that said that. It was a different men's basketball coach who made those comments 
about he knows they're not going to win non-conference games. They're going preparing for the SWAC. So, yeah, you know, it wasn't fans, coach. I want to say it on here because people were starting to go in on him, and it wasn't him. So, you can you can you can say the colors of his school and then leave it at leave it at that, or or put a put a put a uh, put a gif of the animal logo and let me kind of figure it out. All right. I feel like it's green and red. Ooh, well, they ain't got much room to talk. <laughs> that narrows it down. Um, hey, all right, Liv, we appreciate you. Um, uh, a great follow on on X or Twitter. I did it. I just did it. Sorry. Um, make sure you follow at Liv for Hoops. Um, any? Uh, well, we'll we'll hopefully talk next week. Uh, but if we don't, any any holiday any holiday plans, any holiday surprises? It started snowing in Minneapolis yet. Um, we just got like just a little bit. We haven't gotten a lot. It's been in the 30s and 20s, so it hasn't gotten to the negatives yet. So we're happy up here. Not a lot of snow and it's not freezing cold yet. Oh, you're winning, you're winning life. You're winning life right now, Liv. Enjoy it while you can, because it's coming. You know it's coming. It's coming. So just that snow is coming. But just uh all right. Thank you for your time tonight, Liv. We'll talk. Um, be well, and uh we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you guys. Have a good night. See you later, yep. Liv. You too. Bye. Bye. Uh love that girl. Cool, cool follow, man. That was a great great connection great uh, she is she is a hoot on uh on twitter boy i tell you very insightful too she knows what she's talking about oh amen amen she knows it so i mean y'all can y'all can y'all can choose the challenge if you want you know unlike unlike some of these other folks out there on twitter who who sometimes just be saying ish no nah, there's there's a lot of times there's some facts behind what liv is talking about so don't get it twisted a coach and a player and she's starting to build a nice little connection in the in the community too. Uh, uh, the coaches the coaches know because they know she 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 knows what she's talking about. So uh, good stuff. Hey, let's show some of these images. <laughs> who posted these images? Is this you, Kelvin, or you, Marcus? Who posted the images of the field? Oh, those are from Rory Sharrock. Oh, Rory. Okay, so let's take a look at what we got here. Ah, okay. Whoa. Okay, so these are images from Rory Sharrock, the field. Uh, so I think between the 20 and 30, that used to be a SWAC logo, which now they have repurposed with the Florida High School State Athletic Association Championships. Three games starting, is it tomorrow or Friday? Tomorrow. 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 Yeah, so I think I heard Coach Simmons say, they will have their normal practice at 6 a.m. On Friday. Oh, Friday. Okay. Yeah, so the game. Gonna, yeah, they're not going to do it. I think he said in the 220 club, tomorrow and Saturday they're not going to practice, but they're going to have an early 6 a.m. practice on Friday. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know how that correlates with their normal schedule. I guess they would practice every day. But the one day of practice between now and the end of the week. Right. Okay. Um, so the first games, I think the schedule, if I'm not mistaken, I saw is that 10, they play- 10 a.m. 
3 p.m. and 8 p.m. all three days. Okay. And that's the first game up tomorrow. Uh, Clearwater Central Catholic. Uh, that's the that's actually they knocked off the team that knocked off my high school in uh in the regions. They actually beat them in a school from out of Jacksonville. Shamanad Madonna, they are just ridiculous. They they win this six every- out of the last yeah, six out of the last eight or something like that. Yeah. I, I mean, I you talk about I don't know what kind of NIL they got, but I mean man, they just keep <laughs> pulling kids. Yeah, uh, I'm do. sorry, we don't have NIL in Florida yet. Oh, you could have fooled me. Uh, Shamadon Madonna, they just they just doing it. So yeah, that should be actually a pretty good game. I may try to see if I can find a way to watch that. Uh, let's see. Even got the the goal line markers, good logo representation there everywhere. Good stuff, man. Uh, anything after that one? Nope, that's live. I think, I think that's the only four that I saw from his tweet from the early okay. this afternoon. Yeah, good stuff. Um, any uh, any anything <laughs> that you guys want to mention that you heard uh, from out of the two twenty club? I had a thought or two or something I heard, but uh, I want to give you guys a second, um, and I I want to make a mention of something. What you heard? I want to know. What well, you heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. First off. Uh, I thought it was interesting hearing coach talk about the transfers and it relates to NIL mm-hmm. um, and how FAMU not having a real collective that is looking out for players where he noted, he said he had a recruit or a family of a recruit ask him about, well, what type of NIL opportunities does FAMU have? And he had to tell the the. I don't, uh, it sounded like he was talking to a parent that uh, well we we really don't have that kind of setup here now. I mean there are guys who have opportunities, but there's no collective for FAMU yet uh, that is looking out for players like at other programs. And so if you're coming to FAMU, as Coach said, you're coming to FAMU looking to get rich four to five years from now after you've graduated uh you know things of that nature um i i thought that was telling um marcus what is i know we were talking about talking about this but we, there's come there's gonna come to a there's gonna come a point where famu is gonna have to compete in that market I don't know if it's this year. It might be next. It may not be next year, but here pretty soon, FAMU is going to have to compete in the NIL market. I mean, we can sell FAMU as this great experience, this this great university, which it is all of those things. But at the end of the day, you could have had that kid with just a little something. You know, I don't think FAMU has to do a lot. We have to be able to do something, mm-hmm. and right now there's nothing. Now well, I, I wouldn't mean, say it's there's I nothing. nothing. You're right. You're right. There's right. You know. You know. They're they're providing the platforms for the kids to educate themselves so they can go out and do some things. 
And like I get, like, like I say, I give to the NIL club that has about football monthly. That has about a uh, what forty nine or fifty football players listed a part of that NIL club. So, I mean, there is something, but yes, we have to develop it more, mm-hmm. right? We have to be careful right. though how we how we navigate this thing because our more pressing need right now is is resources with support staff facilities those type things and um we need to keep that momentum going there's so many needs kelvin and that's the that's the part there's so it's funny so you got to prioritize what i'm getting at right so you you know you, you can do a little here but you might get more bang for the buck doing a little more somewhere else. So those kind of – we got to strategize that thing, I think. I would love to have that discussion about the strategizing because – and because here are the different things. I've talked to a couple of different people, and and between – we can, we can say NIL. We can say support staff. We could say facilities, right? We could also throw in – actual sports uh, in terms of needing sports so that we can be in better compliance with Title IX, you know, things of that nature. Um, are are we generating revenue? Our, our budget, how do we get our budget to increase? What about uh, alumni giving? And, you know, I mean, there's like, how do you – so when I hear things like in the 220 Club where they're talking about having a planning meeting and they want to, and then there was the group who was talking about trying to add suites to, or, or add suites or to the facilities. First strike. Flag, first strike. Um, there are so many initiatives that people want to do. I, I, I think we, that when you talk about trying to prioritize, I'd love to maybe have that discussion or conversation and say, what does that priority? Because I bet you everybody's priority list is different. Mm-hmm. And that's the challenge for somebody like VP Sykes is to say, what is her priority list? And because mm-hmm. and who, who is it in a line with? You know, and I sometimes wonder which group got the most money because the group of persons that have the most money usually gets to be the priority people and say well we're spent we've got money to be able to do this because we want to see this and sometimes money talks money should talk you're right right um yeah so but but you but you know what talk equally and 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 it draws money in a lot lot of times vision and a plan yeah that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to have the vision and then you got to plan to, to to follow through on that vision. So that's what I'm hoping. The things that First Strike doing, the things that's, uh, you know, we, we should be able to see now um, that investing in athletics is good business also. I mean, we invested in a lot. We, we invested in the facilities, starting with the turf field way back when. And and we didn't stop that we didn't stop that investment. Now we conference champions champions again, compete for national championships. We're holding hosting high school championships. 
We just hold held a conference championship, all that generate revenue. So investing in athletics is good business as well as it gives our coaches, our fans, and our student athletes an opportunity to have a great experience. And so we must continue to do so. This money that was generated that we're going to get from the sweat championship game and now the celebration bowl, it has to be invested back into athletics. That uh, is that 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 needs to be underscored. And I don't know, Kelvin, if it's I don't know if it's too early to start sending your emails to the board of trustees. But I would start sending emails now and tell the board of trustees, we hope that this roughly estimated $2 million plus dollars that is coming in as a result of the SWAC championship game, the Celebration Bowl, and hey, look, maybe these Florida High School Athletic Association championships. We hope that money is going towards athletics and not going to end up in some <laughs> slush fund that's floated around campus going to other properties. That's that right. money has got to go to athletics. VP Sykes has got to be able to control that, not some third party. You know, all respect to the other DSOs and organizations that do. No, athletics needs to control that. So that, yes, we can figure out, you know, how to do X, Y, and Z with, with that money. And, and, and do, yes, I'm one of those people that say, yes, should a portion of it go to the football program? Sure. Hell yeah. It needs to go into the football program. we got coaches that's, who that, – That's the goal to Absolutely. you got coaches who got bonuses that haven't been paid for, for months, years. There's backlogs on that stuff from what I've been told. I mean, that – those 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 debts need to be cleared, um, and then we need to see how we can keep. We have to maintain success because think about this: if we can maintain success, think about what it was for Alcorn to have a couple of years of winning and hosting SWAC titles. Think about what the land, the how big it was for Jackson State to have two years. We can't be a one-year wonder. We can't host the championship this one year and then not host it next year. You know, so and and we're gonna see the bump also when um the applications start rolling in. You're gonna see the bump in terms of uh, folks trying to get uh, applying to get into FAMU. So all around, it's just good athletics is good business. So. Mm -hmm. That, that 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 is that's what need to be said. Very good, Jimmy Mack. You, you said it on the nail right there. Send those letters to the board of trustees, um, and let them know that uh, it, it's time to, you know, I, I think VP Sykes. He's been there a year. You know, the the it's it's time to give get turn some of it over. Turn let her let her do what she what you brought her in here to do. Um. That that's one thing I, I do hope happens. Uh, um, Marcus, do you want to mention some of the names that we talked about? Do we want to mention some of the names that are, you know, obviously one of those other things we talked about the business of of football going on, transfer portal. Do, do we want to talk about some of those on this 
episode or oh. we want to wait till next? I'm some of the folks that you mean in reference to us, the fam you? Yeah, I mean, I know we had yeah, we, kind of late, so I mean, what do you Yeah, we've we've had a couple of players jump in. <clears throat> jump in the portal. I think at least three reserve wide receivers. Yes. Um, we had Winsome Fraser jump in yesterday. And I guess yeah. he was a part time starter this year. So I don't know. We haven't seen him. Yeah, Jackson yeah. State. Yeah, I think we, I don't remember seeing him since the Southern game. But I, I haven't checked his participation long. And so we've had him. So at least we had at least five. I can't think of the other mm-hmm. one. And so it was um, Michael back Townsend. Up wide receivers. Yeah, Go Michael ahead. Townsend, who was an athlete wide receiver from Rickards. Uh, Trey, uh, what's Trey's last name? Davis, right? Trey Davis, who transferred in from a, a D2, I think, I want to say Wayne State. He transferred yep. in last year, and I think he got hurt all of 2022. And another transfer who came in from Virginia State. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I can't think of his name. Let me, give me a quick second. I'll say not Marquise, but. Yeah, started it with him. I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he was... transferred. They they all entered the portal. And there's one more name. Uh, just give me a quick second. Uh, da, 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 da. Here we go. I think Winston Frazier was the Marquez Phillips is the transfer yeah, wide receiver from Virginia yeah. State. Uh, Trevante Davis is a transfer from, I believe, Wayne State D2. Uh, Winston Frazier just jumped in today. Uh, Michael Townsend, athlete wide receiver from Rickards, who just jumped in today. And I think there's a fifth. Let me see if I can find the person. Wasn't it like a backup yeah db rod williams yeah and he was i think the class of 22 or 21 a defensive back i think he played ironically enough i think for shamana madonna what what's what's amazing is guys jumping in the portal oh and another backup wide receiver i'm sorry um saison inge he transferred yeah, in uh-huh. around 2022 so that's like four wide receivers or athletes who could play wide receivers a db and two dbs I'm surprised guys are jumping this early and not waiting. I mean, given all the guys who are leaving, not waiting until spring ball to maybe get some film and then jump if you really want to jump. If you if you don't think things are gonna get better, but well, what 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 that tells you, uh, Brian? If you consider what we just I, said, I, that's that's four I, guys. That's four guys at one position. At one position, and, yeah. And that's a that's a new coach with a different style there. So, yep, yep. I, I'm sure that's some of that some of the situation. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But so, there's a lot of folks outside of family who's jumping as well. Like when we're talking with Stan, I mean Keyshawn Johnson, the, the bomb wide receiver from Alabama State, jumped in the portal. And I just saw while we're on the air, I see a couple more Alabama State people jumping in, somebody from Grambling. So I'm wondering what's in the water. I mean, are, are folks, I guess it's a combination either of lack of playing time or ambition to get to another team, whether it be higher level or not, or a team that maybe is the best fit. Because like Stan was also saying, in terms of fit, you know, if you're at this one place and either you're not getting playing time or it's not a fit for your skill set, then 
but just the explosion of people of, of portal entrance. You know, we touched on a little bit with Stan, but it's like there's some folks I'm I'm looking at like, oh, I didn't expect him to get in the portal. So I'm wondering what the thought process is in terms of, you know, whether they're getting accurate information, whether they feel like they're not being utilized it's, or the scheme isn't a good fit. Is the is all the above. Y'all, we talked about it a little bit last week. You got to remember, coaches are moving. Coaches, a lot of teams looking for coaches. You don't know who's going to coach you. You've been in the program two or three years, or you've transferred to one program. Then this, you're going to transfer to a second program. You don't graduate it, so you can transfer where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, some kids are looking for opportunities. Some folks have, you know, family issues back home and want to get close closer home. And it's not just HBCUs, just not it's not at the FCS level. <laughs> Ohio State lo- losing and um and, and Power Five losing starting quarterback. Starting quarterback. Yes. Starting. Yeah, even though that's not in our area, but I was kind of hoping Stan would approach that too, just in the overall, you know, what I was thinking, what's in the water? I mean, like you got starting quarterback for Ohio State jumping in. You got Duke? the starting quarterback for Duke jumping in. Now his coach left for Texas A&M. Yeah. So some yeah. of that coaching movement could influence that. But you're seeing folks who are like balling this year. Right. And now one interesting thing that I forgot. Oh, one of the analysts on um, the ESPN U college series XM channel, he was saying he was speculating that, some of those high-profile players may have been otherwise cut versus, like, I mean, they're exploring their options, but they may have been encouraged, pushed out the door, and it's a way of roster management because he was saying the guy from Ohio State maybe just wasn't, wasn't what they expected. He was decent, but not enough to take him to the next level. Well, and, if you recruited – yeah, I can, I can see that. If you yeah. recruited a guy who might be a better mm-hmm. – you know, you're only going to leave that better. Now, look at like I'm going to use Texas as an example. Uh, Texas got a quarterback. They better win. He better he better go win a national title. Because guess who's in the wings behind him? Manning. You, you think Arch Manning going to sit around next year? You think he going to sit on the bench a second year? No, no way. I guarantee you, starter next year. I wish I could find a bet on it. The bet will be Arch Manning, short of an injury, will be the starting quarterback at Texas next year. So, Quinn Ewers, you better go win a title and go to the NFL. I guarantee that's what somebody's telling them. Because you ain't going to be the starter next year. Mm -hmm. And so that's the thing. And another analyst, I was listening to it on the way back home this evening. Uh, The evening show with Nicole Auerbach, who's one of the writers for The Athletic, was saying that – gosh, I forgot my point. Uh, She was saying – she was kind of alluding to the same thing about, about folks getting cut because this is a part of roster management and there's some other point that she was making, she and her co-host, but I don't recall it now, but it was around the portal and just the movement of significant players who may not have as, as much of a lock on their positions as they thought, or there may be a change of philosophy or change of heart. Well, look, this is, this is all part of the, this is what we want. This is what a lot of people wanted. I felt like it was needed. Um, Coaches have been able to leave whenever they wanted to. Players were always held to this um, this binding agreement, which really was only it's only a one year binding agreement. 
And then if they wanted to go elsewhere, they used to have to wait and sit a year. Well, thankfully, now the portal gives kids an opportunity to go elsewhere. Now there's pros and cons to it. You know, got to make sure you make sure there's somewhere that wants you. Make sure you got make sure you got a home before you go jump out there. The grass isn't always greener. Okay. But for for the guys who are in situations where your coach leaves, your coordinator leaves, your position coach leaves, and let's just say you got your degree, or maybe you're that much closer to getting your degree. Hell, this is a great opportunity for kids. So I don't have any problem. I think it makes college football more exciting. I, I do. I really think it because it's free agency. Uh-huh. It's free agency. And don't we love free agency at the pro level? Isn't it always fun to watch guys who have the free agency to move around in the summer and the offseason? Well, hey, college football has that too. Uh, so I'm not, I'm never going – I'm not going to poo-poo it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just always going to watch and say if your program – if your program stands on business, then guess what? Your program is tight and you're being truthful to kids. It may not be what they want to hear, but if you're being honest to kids, you got a good education system behind them. Um, you can counteract the movement and good coaching. Like I said, that's what I, that's the advantage FAMU has right now. And, and the stability at coaching matters so i mean it's great if coach simmons is around for another season or two hey it's great we got to continue to build up around him <laughs> a, a good 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 environment too i mean good environment the, yes the, the athletic side is one thing but you know having having um you know a fan base and an alumni base that cares and supports you that's that's big and and having top-notch academic programs where you know Kids are graduating. They have jobs as soon as they come out of school, you know, and, and can use that that family network to to do internships and and all those different things, man. You know, the good thing about FAMU is we're good at a lot of things, right? So that kind of environment and having that family environment along with that, along with being able to find your mate if you cho- if you're looking for one. You know, we just got a lot of pluses, man. Um, Jimmy Max says, uh, "How's it going to affect the APR of these players?" I, you know what? I I don't know how they, you know. I, I think APR think, APR is going to go away. I I agree with you. It, it has yeah. to go away. It has it's, to. It's all, it, it, they, they've already kind of talked about it um, because, yeah, at this point, the because of the way the the, the portal is. It, it's almost impossible. The tracking of it, yeah. The tracking it, of yeah. it seems it's like you you you're asking people to track something which is really hard. Um, I'm not gonna say impossible, just really really hard with the budgets and the takes staff a lot of resources, a lot of right? Mm-hmm. A lot of right. resources to to be able to keep track of this. It almost so I, you know, I I think it. You got to figure out a new system. You want to track this reporting? I don't know. Figure out another method. I don't know. Um, interesting discussion that I that I came across. I guess there was a board of trustees meeting. Uh, Jimmy Mack was talking about. Uh, we, we we were talking about finances there a second ago, and talking about eighty sites not 
I guess she recently told the board that she no control of the ticket office, parking, and other revenue generating aspects of athletics. That's that's horrible. That is that's horrible. Not, that is nothing new. That's not it's not new, but it's absolutely horrible. And good. I'm glad she said it. And again, we talk about we talk about writing that letter to the board of trustees. That's what it needs to be. You know, let our AD, let the athletic director you know, have can let them run their department. You know, fine. You want to have somebody do oversight? Fine, but let her control it. Let let somebody. You know, I don't know. There should be a way to to make it work. Other schools manage to do it. FAMU, it's time it's time for FAMU to move into the new the new millennium, and uh, you know, go from there. Um. Celebration Bowl, if you haven't already started to make your reservations, the FAMU National Alumni Association Celebration Bowl Additional Hotel <laughs> is the Embassy Suite by Hilton in Atlanta, Buckhead. Uh, you can get two-night reservations Friday, December 15th through Sunday. Uh, for one sixty nine per night plus taxes, you have until Sunday, December tenth, to, to reserve a room. Uh, you sure you can go to famunaa.org. Also, look up famunaa on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, or LinkedIn, and get more information on that hotel. I don't know if that means the first hotel is sold out or not. But I'd say if you if yes, it is yeah, sold out. The, the Grand Hyatt, the, the allotment of uh, reserve rooms, uh, for for you know, because that's the host hotel. It did. Uh, of course, it sold out. Of course, well, I just knew. I didn't know how quickly, but I knew it. Was. Fam, you and ATL. So so this is the second um, hotel. Uh, <coughs> for the over, for for the over. Flow and that's gonna sell out too. Yeah. Um, get your tickets, get your tickets, get your tickets. I I think they already opened up a $30 section, uh, which is a little higher up, but still you want to be in the house for that. And don't forget, uh, rattlers who are going, a big uh, a first year <laughs> event that's happening Friday night, band of the year event. Uh it will be in the Georgia Dome as well. A battle for an HBCU band national championship on the line, North Carolina A&T versus Jackson State. Uh, those two marching bands on the Division One level, on the Division Two level, you've got Florida Memorial, uh, who, who is uh, their music director, is a Rattler, uh, going up against Virginia State. Uh, the Trojan Explosion, a great name for a band or just a great name in general. Uh, great nickname. <laughs> um, they uh, they will be so I mean two good matchups and I think if I recall they will treat it like four quarters. So you will have one band perform in the first quarter uh, like a 15 minute time span, time show. I don't, I don't know if they're going to use all 15 minutes but I would imagine you'll probably do a 10-11 minute show. They will have another band in the second quarter. Then they will have a halftime. 
probably some musical guest. Then they'll have the third quarter with uh, probably uh, the D1 band. And then the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. you know, and then they will have, they will judge the performances and then they will have a division two and a division one national champion. So uh, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. All right. Uh, we are planning, uh, we will do a normal show next Wednesday. Uh, we're going to look to try to get on some friends from Howard to just get a Howard perspective. We'll do more breakdown of the game. We'll all, we'll, we'll spend the week kind of analyzing Howard and we'll share our thoughts on Howard. Then Friday morning, you can catch us live from Media Row. We will be there on Media Row at the Celebration Bowl Friday uh, and doing various interviews with uh, coaches and players that come through. I don't know what we'll do. I don't know, you know, man, I would love to partner up with anybody who's doing something Friday night and wants to do a, a Rattler meetup with us. Hit us up. Let us know. We'd love to come and host a, a, a meetup somewhere. Uh, I know there's a lot of things going on. So I, I if you look what do you mean, host? I got some pineapple I got to get to. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say, did I say host? <laughs> I said, I said, I said, hopes, hopes of doing a meetup. I let me rephrase. We don't okay. want to hope, but we'll we'll come and help do the yeah. meetup. We'll come yeah, we'll meet up as as long as we can bring some bottles of pineapple whiskey. <laughs> I I think that's what I want to sip on all weekend myself too, and so uh, we'll 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 do that. And then of course the game. I don't know if we. Man, we made from the hotel. Maybe we have to wake up and figure a way how to do a pregame show, game day show. I think I got to tell uh, someone's tailgating. We might, I think we might have a tailgate spot if we want to. Uh, how early? They're going to have to be up early because I got to be in the stadium by like oh, yeah. 10, 1030. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, so it'll be it'll be a breakfast. Breakfast early. with the, yeah. a breakfast tailgate. Breakfast tailgate. All right, that's what it's going to have to be. And the game starts at noon, so you you want it by ten o'clock, ten thirty. You want to be making your way towards or into the stadium. Uh, let's pray for great weather next weekend. I know last year was a little bitter. Well, cold. It, it, it'll be cold. It's, it's gonna be cold. As long as it's not, yeah. As long as there's no rain involved, I deal with a little cold. But as long as there's no rain involved, uh, okay. Final thoughts before we uh, before we br- oh yeah 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 go ahead I'm gonna give you two the final thoughts I, I didn't want to bring up one mention of something uh, but go ahead Marcus and then Kelvin. Well, it's countdown to championship week, so we're I don't know how many days out we are. What's today? The fifth ten days. Ten days. Ten days. Ten, 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 ten days out. So you know we gotta gird our loin, invade Atlanta and. Well, not hope, but we expect that Coach Simmons and the rest of the team have got themselves prepared for a good battle on the field and hopefully a victory celebration at the end. All right, what do you uh, what do you got there, uh, Kelvin? I'm looking forward. This is a good af- um, sports weekend here in Tallahassee on the heights of Seven Hills, also. I'll be watching some high school football. 
<laughs> on Friday night. I, I, I'm not sure about tomorrow night. What channel? Uh, what Friday, channel will I be on? I, you know, the, the, the Florida High School Athletic Association usually use this streaming service that you have to yeah. purchase. So right, I'm right. assuming that. I'm assuming they're using the same thing. But I plan on getting by both men's and women's basketball game. And I expect both of them to, to, to get the W this weekend. So it'll be football, men's and women's basketball um, for me. All right. Um, I want to make mention of uh, I heard this first brought up by uh by Vaughn at the uh, at the uh 220 club you know Vaughn um and I I'll, I'll just uh and I I'm going to give credit here to the Rattler Nation blog spot and also to uh Rick Rattler here um most recently uh, a FAMU legend recently passed. Major Hazelton, a former FAMU football and track star who set records on both the gridiron and track, died earlier this week in his home of Chicago. He was 80 years old. Hazelton was a native of Bartow, Florida, played football under legendary FAMU coach Jake Gaither. He earned All-American honors as a DB in 68 and 67, or 66 and 67, excuse me. He was drafted in the third round, 57th overall, by the Bears in the 68 draft. In addition to football, Hazleton was a star track athlete as part of the foursome, the 4 by 100 relay that you see on the image there, which included James Ashcroft, Nathaniel James, and... Eugene Milton, the dominant foursome, went undefeated at the pin relay, pin relay, pin relays. Let me say that three years in a row, and raised the coveted J.C. Patterson Cup in '66, '67, and '68. The team won the four by one hundred with the same four runners, and in 2002 were enshrined and the Pin Relays Wall of Fame. Uh, Hazleton is a member of the FAMU Hall of Fame for both sports. He's quoted as saying, winning the Pin Relays, those were the best years of my life. We were the only football players to run track for four consecutive years. Every year we stepped on the track, we either broke a record or set a record. We called ourselves the record setters. That was a lovely time in my life, Hazleton recalled. Again, that is from Rattler Nation blogspot. And then, of course, Rick, Rick Rattler sharing some, some images here. Um, there you see the record setters themselves from 64 to 68. Uh, and there are some pictures of some old football days for Hazleton. Of course, there is Hazleton with Eugene Milton and Jake Gaither. And again, you know, it's amazing. These guys were all football players, but they were amazing track athletes. Uh, part of the 42nd All-American team. Uh, so again, 
a true Rattler legend, has been called home. R.I.P. Stick. So again, props and thank you, FAMU, uh, to a Rattler Nation blog spot and Rick Rattler for those words and sharing those words and those images that we could, you know, share with you guys. Uh, encourage you to go check out uh, Rattler Nation blog spot. You want to add, Kelvin, please? Yeah, I had one more thing I wanted to bring up before we leave, and that's the class of 2024 finalists for the Black College Football Hall of Fame okay. will be will be announced on December 14, 2023. Mm. Um, and the, the, the final list has 23 players and five coaches. And among the coaches, there's a uh, Rudy Hubbard, who was the head coach at who was sure. at the head coach 74 through 85. And among the players, the Rattlers listed is John Quay Nunnally, Should you be. know, who was you know a legend, one of the original rack boys. Next to so, Jerry Rice, second greatest wide receiver in HBCU history. Here so good know. luck. So so good luck to both of those deserving Rattlers. And hopefully while we're in Atlanta, they'll they'll get the uh not the, the, the nod for the Black College Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um I am hoping I'm hoping that, that we can start hearing if if you know of some football alums that are gonna be in Atlanta next weekend, let us know. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if, you know, I'd love to be able to be somewhere and connect with this football, maybe the football alumni association will do something, but it'd be a great time for Rattler football alums to, to, to come be a part of this. Uh, it's been, a, it's been a long time since fan, you had a chance to win the national championship on the field. Now I know we've been, you know, recognized as national championships, but we're talking about actually winning it on the field. It's been 45 years, right? Is that the number? 45 years? 78. 45 mm-hmm. years. So um great opportunity. Great opportunity. So uh we're gonna have fun talking about it over the next 10 days. And uh, so stay tuned in, locked in with us at ONG Strike Zone, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, make sure you're following us. Follow Marcus, Kelvin, and myself on, on Instagram. And uh, replays of the show you can always find on our YouTube page. <laughs> you can also find it on uh, the BCSN Pod Zone, which is everywhere you uh you you listen to podcast so uh appreciate everyone's support uh thank you for tuning in finding us uh sure next week we'll be available in more places but if you found us where you found us it's appreciated it means that you follow us heavily and uh share the show retweet it out on your social media feeds and uh you know, we appreciate it. And we we appreciate Stan Becton, Patrick Jean-Pierre, 
and uh, Olivia Antella for joining us tonight. Uh, for Marcus Green, Kelvin Rozier, I'm Brian Fulford. <coughs> Congratulations again to Coach Simmons, the staff, support staff, coaching staff, the football players, A.D. Sykes, President Robinson, uh, any and everybody who had a had a hand in this season. It's not over, but man, we are we are one step away from from the ultimate crown. But uh, one Get more tickets. Goal. Get your tickets. Don't 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 sleep. Don't if, wait around. If you're, in champ, if you're investing in champions, they got them at a ticket office. If you're not investing in champions, you have to go to ticket office. <laughs> They're selling fast. They're selling fast. Uh, the hype is real. FAMU versus Howard. It's been a long time since we played those guys. And uh, I think we got a little bit of payback, if I'm not mistaken, from the last time we played them. Uh, we, we owe them one. So... Uh, we'll talk about all that next week on next Wednesday's show. So that's going to do it for tonight. Fangs up, Rattlers. Make sure to strike, strike, and strike again. Strike hard, strike fast. And uh, let them know the Rattlers are coming to the A. Uh, hey, 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 hey. Uh -huh. Peace up. A-Town okay. down. Uh... We out. And that high goes, Marcus. Peace up. A-Town down. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.